Holman, I cannot go on another day, another minute, another second. I am so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm really excited. I'm happy about everything that you and I are doing. I'm happy about what I'm doing professionally. Family, kids, the whole thing, but I am just exhausted like you. This this uh, this month, October, it just it's decimated me. Uh, I think I'm traveling 21 days in November or 23 days. I'm on the road. I saw your schedule, and it's... I don't know how we're going to do a podcast. It's a, it's comical. That's not even a real schedule. Like, I, I don't think you're going to see the wife and the kids. Uh, I literally am, was telling her, I'm apologizing in advance for yeah. not being present for a very long time. Yeah. Truck Show Podcast, episode 197. What I am uh, excited about and, and tired over, tired from, this is lightning. It's SEMA. It's SEMA. Now, SEMA, it, uh, if you're in but the you industry, mean it in a good way. I do, I do. So... Uh, back in 2016-ish, 15, 16, somewhere, I built the Rock Crusher, as we've spoken about before. It was a, a big lifted truck, and I built it for the radio station I was working at, KROQ in Los Angeles, and I teamed up with Gail Banks. That's how I met Gail Banks. He did the powertrain and transmission and all that good stuff, and, uh, and we ca- became fast friends. And it's been a long time. It's been since then, since I have been deeply involved in a SEMA build where you 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 decide on the vehicle and you whether you're bolting parts on or you fabricate it from scratch, whatever. It's called the SEMA crunch. And if you look up the hashtag SEMA crunch, it's like a real thing. And it's a bunch of dudes and some women working literally 20 hour days and in many cases straight through days on end in order to get their their show tr- vehicle to SEMA to show it off in whatever booth they're they're committed to showing it off at. And in my case, it's Lockjaw. It's the truck about a, that I bought with Holman's dollar about a year ago. And I never would have guessed it would have turned into a truck that probably is valued at $350,000. What? Yeah. Did you hear me say that? Well, there's no way that truck is three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I'm not even. You joking. can literally get a disease from standing too close to it. I'm not even joking. I find that hard to believe. So I mean, if you if you there's man hours and stuff in there, right? We've got yeah, but that that's not what the ultimate value is going to be. Wash, no, it's not. Flush all that around the toilet down the toilet. What hey, is it insured for? I don't know. What's it insured for? Quarter million dollars. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, that's too high. I think well, it's only worth what somebody would pay. I I agree. I'm guessing one twenty-five. Okay, okay. I'm not saying that it would sell on the auction. Not bad block, for a dollar truck, though. I'm not. I'm just saying, and I would have. We would this happened on this show, so I'm really proud of how it went down. It's weird. I don't own the truck anymore. You guys all know that if you listen. It's it's a bunch of strange circumstances, but I can honestly say that it has made my my team at my job a lot tighter. Um, we're, you know, like we, you know, a lot of companies have, what are those, the, the trips where you get together up in the mountains or whatever, and you know, team, a team building, okay. right? Yeah. We're, we do trust falls and all that. Cra- we're doing team building literally every day now at, mm. after hours because we're building the truck after hours and it's been, it's been insane. So I, I encourage you to, to look at Lockjaw, at Lockjaw C20 on Instagram or just follow any of the bank's channels and you'll see it. But the, the people that we've involved, is ju- it's just awesome. It's seriously, I'm so proud of what we're accom- we've accomplished with guys like Willwood and Whipple and, and, um, and, and Spark and all these different companies that have come to the table and, and, and to Nitto and made this insane, insane vehicle. We've bought new equipment, which I think you and I just talked about off air. It's going to help me 
finish your truck after we're done. I'll believe it. I know. Look, I've been I saying this for a year. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. There, there's but been zero progress. There's been zero progress. Literally. You've no, been, I, come on the show and true. said, it's true. I am telling people, I'm putting my life on the line, my first board and my job, your truck's being worked on next week. It's true. I did say that. And nothing. And I, and I hate. So every time me, you tell me, I just don't even care anymore. I get, I get it. And I can tell by the look on your face. But I, I can tell you that. Um, I, I do not ever like to be the guy that overpromises and underdelivers, mm. and I have done that with you, and I get it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to continue that. What I will say- I don't even like talking about it, to be honest with you. You what? You I said I don't even like talking about we, it. Okay, let's move on. Let me continue about mm-hmm. this truck. I think it's really special, and I'm proud of what we've accomplished and what when I've been a part of. I think more than so than even the truck, it's the fact that I've been spending these crazy hours with these really, really talented guys- it's it's I don't know it's a, it's a really neat thing and we're gonna go show off our wares and what we built what we built with our hands. Next week we are showing off these wares. I'm super stoked and it's gonna launch a crate engine program that's been talked about in the halls of my company for over a decade and it's really happening. So anyway, there's lightning. I'm super stoked. I I'm do, angry. Uh, you're angry, and I think it's. I'm. You don't I'm even always, know why I'm angry. You well, haven't even asked. Well, you're angry. You're assuming that you know I'm why I'm angry. I'm assuming it's over your uh, over your truck. No, I don't not. even care anymore. Okay. Like literally, if I never see that truck again, I've got twenty five thousand dollars in that truck that is flushed down the toilet. It's not flushed down the toilet. It literally I don't even care. I care. I care. Like I just I don't even I'm, like thinking about I, it. I get it. it makes I'm me sad. This, I know. I'm saying this publicly. But that's not, why, that's not what I meant. We're gonna get to why you're mad. That's not why I'm mad. So guys, thank you. As listeners of the Truck Show Podcast, thank you for following along on my personal journey. I haven't posted personally as much as I thought I would. It's because I've been so busy helping the team, the engineers, and all that stuff. But it's freaking awesome. I'm so, so stoked. All right. Now, why, Holman, are you are you bummed? I saw James Bond last night. I saw James Bond the day after it hit theaters. Um Spoiler alert, mute your phone or push uh, the skip ahead button. Uh, Just uh, mute it. Count to three. Ready, go. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They f***ing killed James Bond. The f*** is up with that? It's bullshit. You don't you don't kill James Bond. You know what the worst freaking part about that stupid ass movie is? Did they gave the 007 number to a woman? No, I don't even care about that. I care about that less than I care about my truck that you're never going to get to. You know what I'm pissed off about? Why do they mess with the children? The kid loses her doo-doo. Bond finds the doo-doo. He holds the doo-doo as missiles destroy him and this this fortified chemical plant in frickin' Norway off the Russian coast in disputed waters or Japan or wherever the hell it was. And the whole thing blows up, and the kid who ends up being James Bond's freaking kid never gets her damn doo doo back. She loses her dad she just met, the and she loses her freaking doo doo. It's a doll. It's like a, 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 like a rabbit that's been crocheted or something that she carried everywhere. This cute little blue eyed girl doesn't even get it back. You freaking heartless bastards who created the worst James Bond movie ever that is filled with death. And destruction and ripping families apart and making little girls sad. You, you're, you're horrible people. And I hope I never see you in a dark alley because that was wrong. And if you had any sort of a heart that wasn't completely freaking cancer filled and black, you would have at <laughs> least had the doo doo explode, the shockwave carry it to the island next door, the ocean, 
to where it washed up on the shore, and at least the little girl got her freaking doll back. But no, you heartless bastards blew doo-doo up with Bond. It's wrong. It left this reviewer angry. I don't care about your stupid movie. I went to Sinopolis. I spent like $85 for a ticket and like a, a, a bucket of popcorn and a, a soda and a bucket of Twizzlers. And I walked out angry. I'm still angry. It's not right. And I'm telling you right now that James Bond is dead to me. The whole franchise done. Never going back. You messed with James Bond. You killed him off. You messed with a little girl. That was that your, your cherry on top. You want to make misery? You want to make people feel bad? People already feel bad about what's going on right now. You go to the movies for an escape. And you know what? James Bond goes and he does all the stuff that he does. And you're like, that dude's a badass. The action's amazing. The, the fight scenes are incredible. The scenery's great. And then dumbass doesn't even have a freaking bulletproof vest on and gets shot a bunch of times. Well, it doesn't kill him, of course, because he's James Bond. So you think there's hope. There's no hope now. He got hit by a missile. It's wrong. I'm not okay with it. It sucks. Screw you and your stupid things. By the way, it was funny to see Land Rover Defenders getting just wrecked, wrecked in the wrecked, wrecked in the woods. So that's our that's our truck part here that we're you know <laughs> gonna go back to. But at the end of the day, angry, just pure so unadulterated remember, anger. So broccoli is his wife lives on right. He's the Albert Broccoli who who create it's Albert right who created James Bond all those years ago. He died and his his wife. Uh, is the custodian for the the James Bond the 007 series? She is the executive of all this. She like well, makes she, the call, right? She's a horrible human being. And you know, it was announced that James Bond could be. There was all the who who would be the next character, right? All these very controversial figures. James Bond has always been an English white man, right? And um, and then there's all these names and people being bandied about to replace him, and they haven't replaced him. And they and they yeah they go and blow the freaking dude up. But did you sit through Holman, the credits? The credits were the longest credits in the history of movies ever. When the credits end, what did, what does it I, say? I walked out. I couldn't handle it anymore. I was angry and I was tired of waiting. It says I left. James Bond will be back. No, 007 will be back. No, the said, franchise will be that's back. Not what it said. Yeah, I don't believe them. It's not what it said. They're wrong. It said James Bond. Listen, it, the nanobots should have all held their hands so when his flesh got blown off, at least he was like a robotic James Bond yeah. or something. But no, how do you put nanobots in a man and then you blow him up? It's not right. I don't know. Uh, nothing I could do on my board to stop you from distorting. I know. I'm angry. It's not right. It's just, it's not right. We don't talk about movies that often, but James no. Bond is one of those things that you and I have seen all of them. I just, it's, I'm not happy. Yeah, but they said James Bond will be back, and they gave away his number halfway through the movie, 007. But then he took it back. And then they took and it back. And then he blew up. Yeah. Because it's stupid. Listen, here's the deal. If, I, if I've been waiting three freaking years for Top Gun 2 to come out... If you blow, like, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but if you blow up Maverick, I'm out. I'm never going to another movie ever again. Then that's, that's, that's a God's honest truth. Truck Show Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. I'm leaving that coffin. I'm not even editing that out. That's me dying. <laughs> Truck Show Podcast episode. Holman, listen to this number. You ready? 197. Yeah. That's crazy, Just right? Just wait till we nail it in SEMA. We're going to have, listen, if you guys are going to be at SEMA, come by booth 21234 in Central Hall. The, uh, on the schedule will be listed as the Banks booth, but we've uh, got to tie up with Banks. We're going to be uh, podcasting from the booth uh, during select times 
uh, each day. We'll have an easel up that tells you when we're going to do that. We're going to have a PA system, so you'll actually be able to hear us interacting with uh, the guests. Come by, say hi. We might even have uh, some gifts, right? Uh, yeah, we are making... Well, you're talking about the, the stickers? Yeah, maybe? yeah. Yeah. Are we... Well, I'm not making stickers for us. No, I thought truck show podcast stickers that we can hand out. If you come by the, the, the No, I, the I didn't... I'm not making those. Oh. No. All right, well, then don't come by. Well, and... I can hand out the ones we already have. These. Yeah. That we, are on the we wall definitely got to get rid of those. Yeah, do you have uh, some? No, I, I I'm, I'm making I'm making some, some lockjaw stickers. <sighs> It all comes back to you, doesn't no, it? No, I didn't do that. I forgot that. I, no, I'm, I'm not even joking. I'm looking me straight in the eyes, dude. I honestly I forgot about the stickers. I, I forgot about the stickers. Okay, James Bond. I got our freaking booth, Okay, dude. James Bond. Oh, now I'm dead to you? Yep. All right, well, you can finish the show. That's fine. All right, it's going to be a great show. <laughs> oh, no, I can't because we have guests lined up. I have to be here. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. We're going to be at SEMA. We're going to be in the Banks booth. It's set up as a podcast studio. Come by. Check it out. We'd love to take selfies with you guys. You know, if we're in the middle of an interview, wait for a second. They're going to be about 20 minutes long. If you got time to come by and say hi, we'd like, love to meet you. We'd love to take a photo with you. Uh, we'll, we'll even sign your shirt. Well, we, we should reiterate that for the first time in the SEMA show's history, it's open to the public on Friday. Yes. And if you're industry, obviously we'll see you during the week. But if you are, if you've always wanted to go, this is definitely the year to go. I think the tickets are like 60 bucks, something like that. You get access to the entire show floor, North Hall, Central Hall, West Hall, South Hall, all of it. It's massive, massive, massive. And uh, and we will be in Central Hall. You'll get access to us and you'll get access to SEMA Ignited, which is the Friday night like bonanza. It's the big uh, they've got burnouts and show and Hoonigan and all you name it. It's all there. And uh, if you're into if you're into cars and trucks, it's 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 heaven on earth. I'm, I'm just telling you. So look up SEMA Ignited. And if you can join us, uh, if not. Just continue listening because Holman and I are going to be burning the candle at both ends. And we're going to be doing interviews uh, most of each day if Holman's, Holman's not sitting on a, some SEMA education panel. I think I've got four of those. I'm hosting some stuff on the uh, Motor Trend Studio stage out front. Yeah. Uh, I had to turn uh, a couple panels down because we just didn't have enough time with all the podcasting we want to do. So long story short, two things I want out of SEMA. A uh, successful week where uh, we promote the show, we get some good exposure, and secondly, would love for another person to call you Holman in a uh, Vegas elevator. I'm sure it'll happen. Hey, and uh, speaking of SEMA, I do know that Nissan is going to be there. They always have a really good showing. Um, I don't know if they're going to have the the Nismo products for the. They will. The fr- oh, they'll be showing nice. off a bunch of the uh, Nismo Frontier products, and uh, I think there's a couple of vehicles that will be there. And I know it's a car. But the new Z is sexy. Oh, really swoopy. So my guess would is be- Is that a thing, swoopy? Swoopy. Okay. I, my, if I had to guess, it's uh, Frontier and Z will be there. Okay. So you guys yeah, definitely want to check out the yeah check out the Nissan booth. But uh, of course, we're about trucks. So if you're in the market for a new midsize truck, definitely head on down to your Nissan dealer because the new Frontier is super awesome. Best in class horsepower, 310 from the 3.8 liter V6, backed by a nine-speed automatic transmission. Of course, we love the Fender audio system, the zero-gravity seats. The um, Utilitrax. Uh, Utilitrax system in the bed, spray on bed liner, mm-hmm. the damp tailgate, the perfect size, garageable, maneuverable. We said it last show, it is so quiet inside, you'd think they poured cement inside the door panels. Uh, lightning was opening and closing it, and uh, <laughs> after about 4,000 times, uh, the hinges giddy. felt brand new. So I was giddy. He was doing the durability test on the, uh, thump, the doors. Thump, thump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nissan did an amazing job. Uh, you can build and price your Frontier. At NissanUSA.com. Pick, uh, pick a great color. Pick a great trim. We uh, are partial to the Pro 4X. Hey, I have a question. Uh, the, the, your 
dealership on, is it Beach or Harbor? On Beach. On Beach. Any more Frontiers or is it empty? Uh, I haven't driven by it since the last show, so I don't know. So the moral of the story is if you want a Frontier, you're going to have to call because they are, they're not hard to find. They can be found, but you should call. Call your local Nissan dealer. And if you're looking for parts to get that old truck off the road because you can't afford a new Nissan Frontier, then you're going to want to go to DuraLastParts.com where uh, you can find out all the things that Duralast sells. And can you believe they've got everything from... I think it's like 100 million parts, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, at least right. 100 million, maybe 200 million. <laughs> uh, batteries, uh, chassis parts, uh, vehicle electronics. Alternators. Brakes. Struts, shocks, bearings. Uh, tools. And so much of it is made by the same suppliers that make OE equipment. Yep, Duralast parts are engineered to meet or exceed performance levels of OE, and they're readily available. And in fact, uh, depending on what you choose, there's usually different levels uh, and a lot of warranty. The hand tools, lifetime warranty with Duralast. Yeah, that's great. So if, you, uh, if you're looking for parts or tools, head on down to your local AutoZone. Again, that's DuralastParts.com. Holman, I'm going to let you do the honors. You ready? Go. Let's start the show! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck Cause truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. And that guy. What are you doing with your fake baritone voice over there? All right, this is the Truck Show Podcast, like we said, episode 197, uh, leading into our crazy SEMA week. Uh, Holman, what do you want to start with first? Do you want to get into uh, the guys from uh, Van Halen, or do you want to get into uh, Ted Livingston from OnX? What do you think? Roll the dice. Well, I'm going to go with uh, seat guys first, because... Uh, I saw how horrible it was when you got in that Ram of yours. Well, actually, <laughs> the, 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 the company me? truck. Well, the thing is, is I don't think I've ever seen you get into a vehicle where you were shorter once you sat in it. <laughs> and I'm right. like, dude, you, well, like, do you need to sit on a phone book? Almost. And you're like, well, they don't even make phone books anymore. So you were like in this volcanic crater of a seat. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what it looked like? It looked like you're piloting a Cessna. <laughs> like, 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 the just, yeah, the, yeah, the dash was really high, and yeah. I wasn't sure you were even going to be able to make it home. But apparently, you found a solution, and uh, we've we've found well, the right people. It was either get a new new seat or hire Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be my uh, my pilot. Uh, the seat was cheaper, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hey, this is Matt. And this is Brian. Hey, what's up, guys? Lightning Home and Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Doesn't that sound like a morning show to you, Matt and Brian? It is. Yeah. Well, it was Mark and Brian out <laughs> here in LA. Right for in the years. morning. <laughs> yes. All right, you guys, hang on one sec. Of course, this is Lightning and Home and the Truck Show Podcast. We've got a horrible jingle to play for you. Dude, why would you say that? Don't say that. I mean, we have a wonderful jingle to play no, for these you. Guys are on, tight. These guys are entrepreneurs. I think this 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 is this is the right jingle to play for them. All right. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? With your job. And that might be hard to understand over the phone, but it says this is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. That is the jingle there. Oh, okay. And you guys are <laughs> you guys are entrepreneurs, the real deal. But before we get into what you've done and what you've created and the stuff that I've purchased from you. Can we just be honest with them? What's that? Your butt hurts. And they're gonna fix it for you. Uh I think 
I don't know that we in want very to get basic into it like terms. That. You, I guess uh, so. You have ass problems. I do. <laughs> right? Fix ass problems. I mean, that's I, I, my new slogan. We hadn't even released it. Perfect. Problems. No, but here's we we got to stop here. So wait, I I need to know before you guys started the seed shop, when you had when David Lee Roth left the band and then and then Sammy Hagar joined. I felt like was that a, a difficult transition in your time because as be, that's, being a Verhalen, that's, that's like different. You, what how, li- lightning? That's, that, no, that's it's, not this them. is Matt and Brian Verhalen. Right. They had the band, not, like Jump, the big hit in the 80s? No. no. Am I off base? Yeah. Again. <laughs> I got the wrong guys. Yeah. Oh, this is no, gonna, no, 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 no. It's going to be a tough yeah, It depends. Yeah, yeah. Are you at the radio station interviewing musicians, or are you at the podcast interviewing truck guys? Uh, truck guys. Then you have the right guys. Okay. You just don't know who they are in your mind. <laughs> I see. Okay. Hey, see that yellow pad in front uh, of you? Yeah. There's the show notes. So this is Matt and Brian Verhalen. By, by the way- Not Van Halen. This was- uh, close. This I is think. the first guest you've booked in about nine months. You should know more about them. That <laughs> <laughs> was just a long, bad setup for a dumb joke. Okay, I got it. All right. Here's how this happens. This is the honest to God truth. Holman knows that I've been driving this 2007 Ram Dually, and it's a shop truck where I work. And uh, I don't have a truck, and I've been stealing that one forever. And it's, it's like I said, it's 07, and all the seats are perfect but the driver's seat. And I'm getting pissed off, so I, it's the, we talked about it last year. I've been driving it so much that the, um, the steering wheel is starting to get sticky. So I replaced the steering wheel, bought a new one. I'm going like, all right, well, the left bolster is wrecked. Are you claiming that the sticky steering wheel is just based on age? Um, no, and not. not all the French fries and dip I'm, that you've I, spilled on them over the years. It's not me. Well, I didn't do it. I haven't been to the, the, the company that long. I think it's all the guys. Were the st- seats sticky also? No, not sticky at all. That okay, I'm aware well, that's of. good. That I'm aware. It's a good sign. Yes. So I'm flipping through the freaking Instagram, the gram as the kids call it, and up pops yeah. this dude who now I know is Brian, and he's and he's sitting on a seat and he's he's explaining. It's a pretty funny commercial. And it's really short, and he, and he shows the bolster, and it's busted, and all the foam's coming out like, a, 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 like a volcano. And I think, ah, oh my God, this is exactly what I need at the right time that I needed it. So because my it iPhone, listens to you. it listens to me, yeah, and it knows course. exactly all my conversations. <laughs> sure. So these guys, Facebook, and it served them that ad, served me the ad, and here they are. I buy it, I get it in, and it's freaking badass. It fits like a glove, and the upholstery matches. So here they are on the show. That's how it happened. All right. Oh, awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you're uh, so in other words, you're saying yeah. that the uh, the social media overlords that they're uh, they're targeting ad program works. I'm saying the algorithm yeah. found me. <laughs> yes, fantastic. All the all the algorithms and money are going to to good use. I guess so. No, it's. Uh, uh, I would disagree with you guys. Really cool. I don't. That, being on this show is not good use of your money. <laughs> well, they, they're not paying to be. Well, here. even worse for them. Yeah, exactly. It's free and it's still not good. Okay, so here's where we do. We need to back up, guys, and either Matt or Brian, you can take take it. But how did this start, you guys? I, according to your website, you legitimately started in your garage. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. We started out of Matt's garage because I didn't have a garage. <laughs> so I lived in an apartment and then moved in with moved in with Matt and started this started the company. So I I I started right out of college. This is Brian. I started out of college and you know, got a first job out of college, did that for about six months. I'm like, this ain't gonna work. I've always worked for myself. I've had landscape companies and stuff like that grew up in high school and all that stuff. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go out on my own. So I started a catering company, oddly enough. Because, and that, then I, because that's a natural progression from landscaping. Exactly. <laughs> Mowing lawns to making steaks. Well, no, what he, what he did was his old job is somebody, you know, some rich person at their mansion would have like their back forty would need to be mowed for that massive party that they were having with like the white tents that come and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. And he went, 
I'm getting the wrong end of this deal. I'm, I'm mowing the lawn. I should be serving these people food and booze. That's right. That's See, right. I knew Is it. Is that how it went down? A hundred percent. Yes. I I picked up a part-time job, listing listen parts on eBay and stuff for, for some guys that, and just auto parts, general auto parts, and you know, uh, nothing really focusing on seats. We did some stuff with seats, and I'm like, man, there's a real market here for for these seat covers, and and stuff with to rebuild these seats. And so um, started kind of picking up on that, and uh, kind of rolled it into a full time deal. So I, you know, I was young. I didn't I didn't have that many uh, responsibilities, and I wasn't married. Didn't have you know, I didn't have much overhead. So I moved in with Matt and. Uh, Stayed in one of the extra bedrooms and and just started grinding, man. Just just buying parts on from online, buying them on Savage Arts, fixing them up, selling them, and just starting to roll that money into into you know certain create a little nest egg. Sold a bunch of stuff I had in college. Um, got a paintball gun. I had a motorcycle in college. I sold all my motorcycle gear, my jackets and all that kind of helmets and stuff, and got a thousand bucks in my pocket and started buying parts and, and seats and fixing the seats up and reupholstering the seats. And, uh, and then turn around and sell them on eBay. It was really heavy on eBay when we first started. That just kind of, you know, took a grand, rolled that into four, took the four, rolled it back in, bought more parts because I didn't need any money to live on. I was living with Matt. <laughs> so, so, so how did uh, you refurbish the seats? Were you taking good seat cushions and then putting them on older frames? Or did you actually learn at that point how to cut fabric and glue and do, you know, hog uh, rings and things like or that? Or were you airbrushing, which I see a lot of guys do <laughs> I was well. done airbrushing. I wasn't doing that kind of stuff and, and patching holes and stuff. I knew a guy when I went to, when I left to go to college, my dad bought a, a Toyota Camry of cloth and he wanted leather. And my good, one of my good friends I went to high school with worked at the Toyota store uh, here in, in, in Richardson. And uh, he's like, I got a guy that can do the upholstery. And so I took the car out there with him uh, to get the, the leather done and, and met the guys. I'm like, okay, when I came back from college, I started getting into the seats and stuff. I'm like, I know a guy where I can go get stuff recovered. And I started started working on that and working with him uh, on making new covers and all that kind of stuff. So when it first started, and uh, so we would start gathering patterns, taking the original apart, uh, making a pattern for that. And so on, you know, that way you're not just taking it apart one time and only sewing one cover. It's like, let's keep this pattern. Let's start researching do you make other other year models it goes to? And now we got the same pattern. So if someone has a 97 Toyota Camry, you know, or whatever it was back in the day, I got a pattern for it. I can resew it. And so we started just learning that and figuring out how, how do you figure out what the OEM put in that vehicle and how, uh, how do you find the year ranges? How do you find from a VIN number? Because we never see the vehicle. Like, just tell me what you got and I'll tell you what cover you need. So we started just learning and just hacking around online and trying to figure this stuff out and figuring out how to match up, take someone's VIN number and be able to decode that and know exactly what the OEM put in that seat and what what cut, what leather it was, the grain, the stitch color, all that kind of stuff and go through all those attributes and figure it out. You know what the moral of the story is? A lot of work? No. <laughs> Always know a guy. Know a guy. Yeah, everybody yeah. who starts That's a business true. needs to know a guy. <laughs> know a guy. That's right. So I, I know that you guys do the factory match replacement leather seat covers, but one of the questions I have is there's people out there who might want the cloth seats well, or aren't what, fans what, of leather. That's or, what I bought, or, the cloth. Right. So how right. hard is it to find the fabric? Because most seat manufacturers, that fabric was made specific to make those seat covers. It's not, a, you know, there, there aren't bolts of that seat cover fabric from a 97 Ram or something like that just at your, you know, Elaine and John's fabric store up the street or something like that. Uh, Joanne's. Right? Well, or, yeah, yeah. Jo- I mean, whatever. But 
how do you even, it's a lot easier to match leather and cut it to a pattern and put a nicer grade of leather to that pattern. But what happens when you need one seat replaced with cloth and you don't have that pattern? Can they, can you find that material today? Dude, I popped that box open. Literally, I, to- yep. I popped the box open and I'm standing there with Curtis at work and I pull the seat cover out and the, and the foam is super nice. I mean, it's really soft. Walk over to the truck, fully expecting it to not match and having to cancel this interview. And then, wow! That's, and then, well, you have such amazing faith in our guests. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, nice I'm, talking to you guys. <laughs> and so I go over. Wait, there. guys, this is where lightning gives a backhanded compliment. You just don't know that's it exactly yet. How, you have to hang on a little bit longer before you uh, bail out. You got to earn it, guys. You got to earn it. I'm telling you. I go over there, and sure as it's spot freaking on. And we look at each other. And we go. They haven't made this since like. Oh, six. So that's my question. How how hard is it to source that kind of stuff? Today? Right. Yeah. The cloth is real yeah. So they'll have, you know, whatever textile mills making at for that year make model. They'll, they'll have the design, the yoke set up for the machines to do it. And there's anywhere between, you know, on a real basic cloth, you may have six yarns to um, say like the mid, to, uh, like Tahoe's and Chevy Suburbans and Silverado's from like 2006. They had a little herringbone pattern in the center inserts. You could be up to 20, shape, uh, 20 different colors of yarn for something like that. And so it's it, the biggest part is finding all the different colors of yarn to go in and be able to weave it. Then, then the next problem, which is just really easy to figure out, is the yoke pattern and how to weave it in there to get the exact match. So you, you guys and, are um, – you're not buying new old stock of fabric bolts from – you guys are no, remaking the fabric. They just continue. So, wow. Uh, That's insane. You with, guys are insane. <laughs> It's, it's it's tricky. So we're and we're trying to we're really starting to focus a lot more on trying to be able to to get some of the new the cloth and be able to have a whole lot more cloth offerings. Because right now we have a very small sample set um, of of cloth, we're, but we're trying to to uh, work into that. We're we're starting to get in our foot in the door with some of the original OEM. You know what I'm hearing from these guys? That. What's that? They hate free time. They do. <laughs> they <laughs> must. They <laughs> must buy free time. Plano, Texas. They must hate hunting, camping, fishing, <laughs> drinking, and barbecue because all that takes them away from matching seat yarns. <laughs> I can hear the coyotes. I'm at my ranch. I can hear the coyotes in the background. I'm able to pull too far for y'all to hear. <laughs> can you imagine the conversation yes. that we're out there in Plano, Texas, with them, and we're 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 having a beer and. It's well, no, not- you and I would be having a beer. They're like, guys, go ahead and have a beer on the porch. We're going to talk uh, yarn. Yeah, we have to mash some <laughs> yarn up over here. <laughs> we can multitask. Yeah. They're like, this, this customer dropped his Whataburger and stained the seat, so now we have to recover it and get, get that off there. <laughs> I wish the, the aftermarket could match cloth really easy. It's really, really difficult. Sometimes it'll get close, and it's just not up to our standards on, on the, anything we've tried to have made in the aftermarket when it comes to weaving a cloth. It's one of those like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all right if it was a farm truck and you don't really care kind of deal. But it's not like uh, it's not like our leather stuff that's going to that matches that on on anything we've made that we've had a remake. Done which one like of you just never worked. Which one of you played football in high school? Oh, we both right. did. Actually. I knew uh, it. But I, I did. And, I did when, one year. and when you guys are slapping your buddies on the butt and headbanging with your helmets and uh, picking up cheerleaders, which one of you said, you know what? I'm going to be uh, matching yarn, and I'm going to own a company that recovers seats. Yeah. That's my dream. <laughs> no, I got... And, I, I, and I'm going to sit down at the sewing machine and sew some curtains for the house, too. You know yep, and a, he's, got, he's got a... Rene- Renaissance thing, right? man right here. Listen, I, I got the bigger battle. Hold on a second. I'm on I'm on the uh, the team, right? Our team, a little button on the page. And it's on... Uh, the Wait, seat, you're the, part of their team? No, oh. on, on theseatshop.com. And you got Matt Verhalen 
which is the CEO, chief executive officer. And then you got Brian, the brother, Verhalen, as president. Which one is actual top dog here? Like, do you guys go to blows? Like, who actually makes the call? Because the CEO and the president are virtually the same. Uh, they have a uh, old, uh, like, uh, you know, six-shot uh, wheel guns, and uh, they just play Russian roulette. And oh, then, really? yeah. That's who makes the decision? <laughs> yeah, you should see all the bullet holes in their shoulders. It's, it's really bad. They, don't, they only shoot the maim, though. It's just to make a point. Because when you guys are taking right. votes, you're sitting around the, the, the boardroom table, which is just full of yarn. And you're trying to come up with a decision. Who is the is? Don't tell me it's don't tell me it's a a Ron Hooper who's who's, who's the third voice, right? Is, is he stepping in, going, all right, guys, we're going to go with Gray and not the no. Black. You don't see, if you see these two bulls, you know, beating each other in the conference room. Yeah. You just keep walking. You don't you don't interject yourself really? in there. It's not freaking Johnny Chinchilla r- rolling in, going, yo, well, let's do the green instead of the gray. No, it's definitely Buddy Honeycut. Dude, these guys have all like made up names. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> How about Hunter Swindell? I know. He's a country crazy. music person, for oh. sure. He's, he's a musician, right? Yeah. And what's up with right. Buddy and Biscuit, the dogs? And why the frick is Jill Verhalen, who is either your sister or married to, and is the COO, like eight people down on the page? <laughs> I don't know why but I don't know why she got put all the way down there. But uh, she's my wife. But uh, if you want to know who really... You, if you want to see the best mustache on the planet, you got to look at Ariello. Yeah, dude, that is the that is the craziest porn stash you've ever seen. You know what's rad about that picture is you know that dude. If he had two days, the rest of his beard would match that mustache. (laughs) Oh yeah, crazy. Well, Ariello, when you put the reflective glasses on, it is Super Troopers. (laughs) Does he wear the the tight Super Trooper shorts too? (laughs) Yes, I'm trying to wear that. I do Uh, like. uh, Buddy and Biscuit, though. They're the uh, shop mascots wearing mm-hmm. the gear down at the bottom of the uh, our team page. That's that's solid right there. Yeah. Okay. They go everywhere we go. Everybody let's, needs a shop dog. Yeah. Let's let's talk shop, guys. So let's uh, – yeah. the average guy we – got, we got guys that drive every kind of truck you can imagine. And some that For, don't drive any, right, Lightning? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I drive a red Ram that I don't own. All right. So <laughs> – how do you you've got a shop by, by vehicle button at the top of the seatshop.com and is that how you prefer everyone to go through and navigate or do you do custom work let's talk people through how they they look down at their seat right because they're listening to this as they're driving and they're going yeah. all right it's time to upgrade the seat i can't take it anymore where do you the want to shop by na- vehicle is, is is where the brain trust of of what what we do and, and how we can do it the right way because there's there's two years of work that goes in that went into to building this shop by vehicle engine and what it's really doing and what we had to kind of learn through the process is most most truck guys most accessory guys they have an idea of what they want and then they go and find it right um and even if you're talking about a cat skin a road wire interior where you're going to do custom work uh, which we don't do, by the way, to answer one of your questions. They have a good vision of kind of what they want in their interior. And so they're going to tell the vendor, hey, here's what I want. Can you make it? What the challenge was that we found is that nobody knows exactly what interior options they have. They don't know what came in the vehicle. Uh, we're talking to a lot of just everyday guys driving everyday trucks uh, that, you know, I ask, you know, what color is your, your interior? I asked the tannish grayish one you know the one i'm like that's my favorite <laughs> color the tan is gray dude one. you guys would be um, stunned grayish. you'd be stunned how many guys don't yeah. know what engine is in their truck 
which is or right. don't or don't know if taupe is brown or uh, or gray. And what's mauve? Yeah, I don't even know. What's well, m- if you have a truck that's mauve on the inside, <laughs> you need to hand over your keys right now. <laughs> well, I've got yeah, no, either that or the UV got to the old saddle seats or something like that. Hold on a second, I'm busy looking through my yarn collection. <laughs> well, point taken. <laughs> yeah. But that was what really helped us a lot because at the beginning. Um, they would call us and we would sit there and dig through the van. But as we grew, we, had, we said, you know, we've got to have something online that's that can stand alone, but walk them through the decision making process. And what it's doing is narrowing down the options based on what you input. We know from our research, OK, these are the only options that come. Here's your cab config. And based on that cab config, they only offer these seat configs. And based on those seat configs and, and other options, you're only have these three colors leather these options of ac or perf or non or patterns or whatever and it basically takes you down once it once you go through the little five or seven steps it spits out hey here's what's in your truck tell me what color you have uh, and what do you want to replace people that go through our customers that go through this engine they select the right things 95 percent of the time unless they think they're really they're smarter than our data and go pick something that didn't go in their truck and and they get upset when it doesn't work. <laughs> but most of the time, uh, it works great. And, and that really helps the customer understand what they have, what options are in the vehicle. Uh, and so when they open the box, it's gonna they're going to be you know, pleasantly surprised with the match and the quality. So, How, but so if, the, guys, if the foam cushion didn't display when you went through there, and then you back out and check another selected different cab configuration, and the foam pops up, when you buy that one, it's not going to fit for the first one. And people get really angry about that. How did you do? You had to start back over at the beginning and then purposely select other configurations to get to a foam. That's not going to fit in your truck. (laughs) So it's crazy. Well, that's what I was about to ask that is is you sell, you guys have the DuraFoam button on the top of the website, which I do want to find out if that's the best foam, like what it means. But how did you ultimately, did you hire someone who just went to a car, a used car lot and just went and went through every single truck on the lot and took measurements or how does because it's a monumental? You said two years, but I don't think anyone understands to make to to build a year make model lookup table is crazy mm. to have all that data. It was oh, all fifteen years worth of data. It was <laughs> fifteen years. Oh yeah, it was, but it was just all in our head. Especially my ADD go a hundred different miles an hour, different directions ahead. I could just I memorize it all. Uh, and Hunter was a huge help in, in building the the data for the site. Um, but because it, it was all in our head, I'm like, if you hire somebody else, you know, bring somebody else on, you know, how long is it going to take them to, t- to learn all these variants and everything? So we, we got to do a data dump and get the stuff out of our head into spreadsheets, into, into a, you know, a, a system that can, can pull it. And it took, it took us two years to do the data, to take everything out of our head and put it into it to, to create that select vehicle selector. So um, I'm on your vehicle selector right now. And I have a really burning question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Which one of your wives owned a 2002 Acura MDX? <laughs> because everything is full-size truck, GMC, uh-huh. Chevy. And I'm like, huh, this is interesting, Acura MDX. And I go, huh, somebody's wife or mom had one that needed yeah, the, seat repl- the leather replaced. Oh, way too There's boring. There's Acura TL on there, too. <laughs> uh, so uh, God, you guys going to fess up? I do why we did that. No, I don't, it wasn't either one of ours. I think it was a customer or a friend or something. It came from, it came from, from our, whole, of our wholesaler accounts, it, you know, going to SEMA and wholesale. All right. And the, these wholesale guys are like, man, it was just like every time we come back from SEMA, like, okay, what was the broken record this year? It's always BMW or Mercedes or Lexus. But like, 
man, we got everyone asking us about these freaking Acuras, like the especially the console lids because they're just they're terrible and the the, the material is so crappy they can't even re, re, do any kind of repair. The guys that go and do their you know leather bondo and you know wet sand it and repaint it and all that kind of crap on the lot. So they're like we can't even fix the material. It's so bad. And so we started off on consoles and then got into a couple of covers. So we started to get so many calls from our wholesale guys and most of the MD, all the MDXs were perforated. So the leather fix, fix and repair guys couldn't repair the perforated leather because all the MDXs are perforated. So they're like, man, we can't even, we can't do anything with those. We can't even fix them because we can't fix the perforated part. And so that's how we got into it, is just, just talking to the customer, our wholesale customers. And we just kept getting calls on it. You know, every week we're getting calls for those. We're like, all right, then we'll do it. <laughs> so we finally got into them. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see some Landos in there. Yeah, I, I found not- the 2008 Isuzu uh, I-290. Uh, is in I there. don't even know what that is, and uh, I'm just kind of like floating through trying to find some of the uh, the fun oddballs that are in here. Now, do you, have you turned mm. people down? You say we're just it, we, there's no sense in us making this because we'll never have to make another one, right? If you ask for a Citroen, yes. right, you're gonna I'm go sorry? no. We're not. If, you, if someone says oh, I got a Citroen or a, a Peugeot, oh, yeah. digging deep on the Citroen reference there. I'm like, just saying it's an oddball, right? <laughs> there's no reason for them. To, oh, how yeah. about a Panard, right? It's a we French three-cylinder car. Time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure well, they're servicing a lot of those in Plano. With, <laughs> well, with Instagram and, and Facebook, and as we're we're getting name out with advertising, and that's just it's the broken record, and people get pretty frustrated because they they go on the year make model selector and they don't see their vehicle because we still do have you know a limited selection. We're we're pretty heavy, obviously, in the truck and SUV realm, uh, and they get and even not the guys that run the social media channel like why are these guys so angry they're like pissed off at us and like, we suck because we don't have whatever they have and, and i said guys it's, they need they have a need and they saw our ad and they're actually really excited that they may have found somebody who fix their problem and then they turns out we don't have what they need but yeah we we have to turn a lot of people down just because as we continue to grow we, we're still gaining more and more patterns but it's just an insurmountable amount of data that's going to take. How old is uh, the company? About 15 years old. And if you had to guess, how many seat covers are you producing a year? I, I don't, hopefully oh it's not proprietary God. information. You're talking more than 10,000 a year? Oh, yeah, 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 easily. Wow. Easily. Yeah. It's, and how many curtains craziest... for your wife's uh, dining room are you guys uh, producing <laughs> yeah, a year? That's right. <laughs> I've done at least three, and I've... Uh, uh, on occasion, I've uh, fixed the uh, shorts on my on my uh, pockets on my shorts. You know, when no one's around, I'm like, all right, it's about six o'clock. No one's here, and I can just pop these suckers off them on the sewing machine and sew that hole up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk in the back and you're pantsless. It's you just got to right. make sure that there's shorts on the machine and it's not. That's right. No, the just really hot that day. Sewing in the far back. Make sure the cameras aren't on it. And, uh, pop it up real quick. It's, it's got to get really hot in your house with leather ca- with curtains or leather shorts. <laughs> leather shorts. Right. Yeah, but they're right. perforated for the Texas heat, so it's totally fine. There you go. Totally fine. <laughs> I, I'm guessing these guys have the best leather Halloween costumes ever. <laughs> <laughs> They're rolling around in assless chaps is that what and, and masks. That's right. I was going for more for the masks, but <laughs> sure, sure, lightning go go right to the assless chaps. Well, the reason they can do assless chaps is because the Durafoam seat cushions are so supple. I see. All right, they, so, oh, they so don't need right. any fabric between. You brought them, them back to right. To I'm trying to bring us full circle here. Thank you. Thank that's you. Right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Tell us, tell us about Durafoam. Get our minds out of the gutter. Well, Durafoam was was kind of born out of frustration uh early on when we were you know we're selling a replacement leather 
seat cover and, and our target market has at least a you know eight to ten year old truck. Uh, and we're getting it's just Brian and I at the time we're getting these calls and they're pissed off that the the seat cover didn't last very long or it was baggy and we're like send us a picture like I don't this doesn't that's not how we do business and the seat and the phone was just blown out and the, our only option was sell them just tell them hey go to a go to the GM or Ford house and buy a foam cushion and it's just as much you know two or three hundred dollars easy. Uh, you know, or go to a upholstery shop and see if they can repair it. Um, it's not the seat cover, it's just the foam wasn't lasting. And so, and then they started getting discontinued and, or if it's too old, it was already discontinued. And so it was, we had to figure out a solution to remake these foams, but also make them better and, and kind of Monday morning quarterback, you know, the foam and see where it failed and, and how we can make a better foam. And that took years of research. And then we finally kind of figured out what we wanted to do, how to do it uh found partnerships with the with the plants that would work with us and so it was it was pretty neat and, and we realized really quickly we didn't know a damn thing about foam or how to make foam our first time i was watching youtube and there's some guy some guy in a white lab coat and he said here's all it's an a b a ingredient and a b ingredient you pour it together and there's foam i was like look guys how hard can it be <laughs> well, if you do it wrong it explodes <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah we and <laughs> we literally bought the stuff that the guy was selling just to try to figure out something and uh it took a couple of years to figure it out but uh and partner with the right manufacturers that will do what we ask them to do but uh durafoam has just been a brand that still we're trying to grow uh it's just a it's a it's an expensive, long, tedious process of, of making the molds, uh, deciding the right molds to make, um, you know, tweaking the the weight deflection density, the, the IFD I, uh, ratings and everything, and doing the good old butt test of getting a bunch of samples and seeing, you know, no, I love these guys. what's not. I know? love that these guys will talk about their, uh, you know, arbitrary butt test, but then right. throw out acronyms and then you realize, God, they're they way smarter they, than they sound. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's just a facade. Yeah. To, to be cool they're not just guys with leather shorts. You know what I'm saying? They actually know what they're talking but, about. But they are guys with leather shorts. Yeah, it's just there's so. more to them than that. See, well, see when I, okay, yes. so I, I go on the website, guys, and I assume that Durofoam is a brand from like a 3M product, right? Or some DuPont product. I didn't know it was yours. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's our brand. And that's kind of what we, when we first started, I said, guys, we've got to brand this because no one's going to know. It's just going to look like every other foam cushion out there. They're not going to know what's different about it. So uh, Durafoam is our brand. Um, and so everything that we manufacture, we put the Durafoam name on, has, has our direct input on the manufacturing from the research and development all the way through to, uh, you know, QC testing and, and sample lot testing. And I mean, Brian and I do look at the reports quite frequently, and, and I'm on the phone with the manufacturing partners all the time. So, so how um, do you guys, for to make the foam seat cushion, like the one that I bought for the Ram, are mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. starting from scratch, or do you, do, you, do you go to the junkyard or find a truck and then model it after that? Or, like, what's that we'll process? Get, we'll, buy a new, we'll buy a new OEM. We'll buy a new one from the dealer because uh, we, we need to make sure that the – the shape is the exact same. Yeah, yeah you don't want a clapped out one. <laughs> full, right. you know, full of butt sweat and all that kind of oh, good yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. you don't know where it's been. <laughs> oh, that's like when you take the pillowcase off the pillow. That's right, exactly, gross. dude. That <laughs> that'll break. That breaks down foam too. That's that's no good for foam. Yeah. So we yeah. gotta get the sh- we gotta get the shape the exact same. And but 
if you, if you think about like Ford, GM, all that stuff, you know, when they're designing a vehicle, they're not just focusing on the foam cushion. Like they're focusing on the entire vehicle. What can we put everything together for and price it where we sell it and, and, and list it, you know? Uh, but would you, if you take it down to one part, let's go, okay, let's focus on this one part. How with, if you take cost out of it, we're not trying to get, keep the cost of this vehicle down as low as you can get. If we can focus on this one part and make it manufactured the absolute best way that it can be manufactured, then that that's kind of how dirt, what Durafoam is versus an OEM. So, I mean, a Durafoam versus a brand new OEM foam is going to be way better than the OEM because we, because we're focusing on nothing more than this one part. How can you make this part the best? and most comfortable they can be not just okay we're going to make a hundred thousand of these trucks this this foam works that mold this that'll let's stick that in there and they'll scale they're not focusing on that one part they're focusing on the whole the whole vehicle all the options on the vehicle you know that people are going to be interested in the screen and touch screen and on massaging ass seats and all that kind of stuff they're not worried about the that, you know what's the density of the foam how long is it going to hold up that no one ever thinks about that but if you focus on one part how can i make this one part the absolute best that this part can be made. That's 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 where it's They're plotting. They're plotting. Yeah, they love it. Oh, that's here. That guy in the back. He loves. He's got a Durafoam seat. Yeah, what you know that? why? He's, he's a big boy, and his uh, seat foam uh, went flat after the first year. He's very upset. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. You guys got some good applause for that. Uh, so that is uh, that's another monumental task taken on by two 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 yahoos in Plano, Texas, doing the impossible. That's like us, two <laughs> yahoos in, uh, in Southern California right. doing the impossible. <laughs> this is why we can be friends with you guys. Exactly, it works out well, dude. I, I mean, yeah, look, that's, look, that's look I, no joke. I go, I see the ad, I see, I see him on on the rad, and then I go to the website, and it's the same dude. And, and I, he looked at how dreamy they are, and he said, "I have to know them." I say, "I know that they're wearing." He uh, said, "My way into their heart is to buy some seat product." I, I I know these guys. They're wearing leather shorts, and they have perforated leather perforated shorts. Le- leather shorts. No, but no joke. Like I, I'm like, I need to get these guys on there. They look like our peeps. You know what I mean? All right. So uh, going to their website, I'm on it right now. TheSeatShop.com. And if you look under uh, our team, where we went and uh, we're talking about uh, the greatest mustache ever in uh, Plano, Texas, mm-hmm. but look at uh, research and development. There's a lot of, uh, you know, some um, transparency in how they do things. And what I really like is you guys have your principles for the foundation of the business listed there so that potential customers can see what you guys stand for. And the five key principles that your company is based on, which I think are the five you know, key principles of success for any small business. Work hard, be honest, take care of each other. Consider every client a friend, treat them accordingly. Be obsessed with customer service, be someone who people look forward to doing business with. Offer only the highest quality products and services to the client and accept nothing less from our business partners. And then enjoy what you do. Life's too short to be miserable at work. I love that you guys put that on your website. It's, yeah, a, it's, big, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's not boilerplate with a lot of people just, you know, somebody wrote that and, yeah, it sounds good, slap it on there. Uh, you know, we, even in, in leadership meetings, when we have tough decisions or, or tough calls of what we want to do this way or that way, we go back to these and say, if it doesn't align with one of these five things, it's it's an easy decision. We're not going that direction. But it took a lot of time when we first started. I remember I wrote these on the sideline of a soccer field watching my wife play soccer. Um, I still have the notebook. I saved it. But it was something that it's just what Brian and I stand for. And, and if we didn't make, if we didn't start the seat shop and we were doing something else, it's the same kind of approach to treating people the way that you should be treated, taking care of them, doing the right thing. Don't put out a piece of crap product. Put something you can put your name on and be proud of. 
um, that's just stuff that what, what the seat shop's about. That's what we try to hire the right people, but it's what Brian and I are to the core. Um, and that's just how we kind of approach everything. But it's uh, it's definitely something that's that we live by and it's part of us. And, yeah. and Back in the day when you're really when cool. you work, you know, 50 years ago, our grandparents, you know, that generation, you know, their, their word meant something. You look them in the eyes, shake their hand, say you're going to do something, and you better damn well do it. Kudos that, to that, you guys. That, you know, that, that's, how, that's what it is. I think that's how life should be lived. It's a lot less stressful if you do that. It's just real easy because, you know, it, you don't have to lie about anything because you don't have to worry about getting something straight because you're just going to say what happened. That's, that's exactly life, I, I think society and life would be better if you had those principles. There's something to be said for the older generation that shake your hand and look you in the eye when you go and do yeah, business yeah. And, and that your word means something. I think there's too many people today that have lost that pride in self and uh, a pride in work ethic. And I know we have a good time on the show and we joke around and we're, we try and entertain and, and deliver something uh, with that as well. But I think what's really awesome is it just goes to show that, that small business is alive and well in, in the U.S. and that there's guys like you who are putting your heart and soul on the line every day to put out a good product for your customers. And, and I don't want that Absolutely. to go, uh, go missing that point being missed on the podcast, uh, because we're having fun because we, yeah. you know, listen, you're no, the I type of guys that. I want to go have a, a, a glass of whiskey with neat, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or five of them, you know, whatever. I, I'm good <laughs> with five. I've had, suppliers, I've had suppliers tell me to, to lower my standards, but I had problems with for, for their product. And I call them on it, and they tell me, this is like, we just, you know, your standards do, I just need to lower your standards. And I went completely off. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I, and I had I had two suppliers within a week tell me the same thing. Like, you, your standards are just too high. I'm like, no. My stand- I said, why don't you just, why don't you raise your standards? Why don't you raise your standards where they need to be? This is what the product uh, and should it's, be. You know what, though? How often do you find it, though? How often do you find it that they're just chasing the dollar and they're they're on yeah. the they're on the they're on the race to the bottom? I, I feel like if you treat the customer right, the dollars are going to come, right? Because yeah. you're going to maintain that that piece of the the pie, your market share, and you're going to have a good reputation. I'd much rather have a lower margin with more customers that love me and love the product than have a high yep. margin and and you're chasing mistakes all the time, or you don't have a relationship with the end user. I I think that that's there's so much wrong today where. People think that uh, success is measured in the amount of zeros in your do- in your uh, uh, bank account, and not measured in the amount of uh, you know smiles, happiness, or servicing needs that y- that you can go out and do for people. Absolutely, I couldn't say that any better, and I've said that so many times. And and it's kind of like that number four, like it's just do what you're supposed to do. The money will come, but if you're taking care of people, that's where the world at word of mouth comes from. That's how you get people smiling and happy. That when we when we promise them that they're going to like the product you know and when you open the box and you're happy i mean chasing the dollar just drives me insane because they just don't care and that's and we see that in just some of the knockoff really really cheapo stuff you know that is surfaced on ebay with people trying to kind of compete with us and it's you know you get a seat cover for 40 bucks like what do you think you're going to get and they don't answer the phone and they don't do anything. Uh, we talk to them Look every day. Our, they, they send them our install <laughs> video and then they call the number on the bottom of the of the, of the YouTube video and yell at us. And we're like, wait a minute, I can't even find your order in the computer. <laughs> well, they didn't order from us. The competition would send them our, our video link to show them how to put it on. And then when it doesn't fit, they call us and start chewing our ass out. Oh, that, we're like, wait, that's because they, that <laughs> they ordered from the, uh, the seat ship. 
And uh, those guys are overseas. Right, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yep, straight from China. Yeah. The seat yep. That's it. Yeah. Dude, here, here's what's awesome. Go if you're again the website theseatshop.com, but uh, go down to I guess it's uh was it under resources uh, and look at before and after, and look at these clapped out seats that are being held together with like duct tape, electrical tape. Um, just you guys have seen it all, dude. It it, it oh, looks. Yeah. There's a picture that looks like a girl is coming out of the seat because the hole is so big in there. Which one? You click on resources, then which one? Uh, oh, before, before and after. after. Go Got look it. at 2001 Tahoe. This poor girl is holding up a seat hole that could that could swallow her. It's it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> look at her. Oh, and look look at a 2013 Ford F-150 seat back. Mm-hmm. Somebody was carrying their 1911 with like a Wilson Combat uh, mag in the back, and that yes. little edge yeah. of it caught the back of the seat it when they sat right down and it. ripped it up. It's, yep. they, well, I think that guy actually trained. Time. I think if this is the truck I'm thinking of, the guy trains uh, canines for the police and military. And this, I'm like, what happened? He's like, the guy ordered a new top foam. I'm like, who needs a new top foam on, on this year model <laughs> truck? And I walk out there and I'm like, I was like, is your foam really bad? He's like, I don't know, man. Go check it out. I open the door. And I see it's just down to the metal. I'm like, oh, yeah, you need new foam. I'm like, I go, what the hell happened in there? He's like, oh, I trained canines for, uh, for police and military. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what he's like. It's a new dog. And, he wasn't too happy. I put him back in the truck, and so he uh, decided to eat my seat. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I was like, "You do need a foam." That's right. I was about to come talk you out of it, so you didn't spend yeah. the money on it because I was I was hundred percent positive you didn't need to spend two dollars from Ford for a new foam. I probably could fix it in ten minutes for free when I put the cover on. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm not fixing that." Exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt, Brian, what is the single most popular fitment, and then the what is the weirdest fitment that you recall that you've done? Oh man, the weirdest is gonna be the Honda S2000 we did. Um, nice car, by the way. Was, yeah, that's that not that weird, one. is it? Well, I mean, I for us, dudes, dudes in Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah. they're not in the Fast and the Furious, right? All right. But Let's I did a high sport magazine or something, and we did a yeah. they did a tow truck. Uh, they're gonna do a SUV an Escalade, like you know, fix up your tow truck on a budget. And then the guy had an S2000, so Brian said, "Yeah, I'll I'll do that for you." And I'll do S2000. I was back in the shop. Yeah. I was like, "Why are why are we making an S2000 seat, Brian? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm the guy to do it. Like, well, right, we're making water well, Just post it. <laughs> we got the pattern. Just post it. We'll see what happens. So, well, so which, which guy was like, oh, damn it, Brian being Brian again? <laughs> that was Jill. That would be Jill. Jill <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got to make it. And so then, like, two years later, we get the first order for an S2000 we forgot it was still up on the website to be honest with you oh, Jill no. walks in my office she goes we just sold a freaking S2000 <laughs> I gotta go find the patterns and the leather somewhere <laughs> tell Brian thanks a lot yeah so like, yeah, let's, that, let's throw it. Take that off the website. Let's get this one out, and then we're never doing it again. <laughs> you know what's ha- going to happen is there's like eight guys listening to the podcast right now who have S2000. Yeah. They're going to blast the yes. website. They're going to say they're going to send you strongly worded letters about how uh, they, they you need to bring it back. They're going to find a, yeah, comments on Yelp. I heard on the podcast <laughs> you guys have an S2000. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, and man. then the most common, the most popular. Right now, believe it or not, it's 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 shifting but it has been for a long time just the three to six chevy uh the 303 the 06 chevy you know tahoe suburban silverado it's all the same um just the trucks last a long long time and and man we've sold more of those than i can count um but you know as as things you know as the vehicles age those start 
you know, the most popular ones shipped up. So a lot of seven to fourteens are, are now, you know, running through really good. But uh, and a lot of the cloth stuff, I mean, I'm telling you, those Dodge cloths and stuff are just taking over. And that's why we're really putting a lot of emphasis on trying to, uh, you know, strengthen those relationships with the mills and try to get these looms turned back on and recreate uh, what they did so many years ago. But we've gotten a good uh, foot in the door with one of the original OEM uh, makers of all the cloth for, for Dodge. So we're really trying to, to push hard on that and be able to try to launch a lot more of the Dodge stuff in the cloth because uh, we we found the the uh, the golden egg that that made all this stuff originally so there's no trying to match a yarn and all that kind of stuff and all this is it going to be closed or not it's uh it was the real deal it's just trying to to entice them to uh to bring the old old pattern stuff out and, and put it back on the production floor and, and weave it for us um so, so there's some right, crazy volume that's thrown out there and we're like oh we just keep going back and forth i'm like that's a lot of cloth <laughs> So, um, but that that's that's the new thing. It's really going that way. The, the cloth has been real high volume. Um, it's just getting it. So we're we're really working on hard on, on getting more of the cloth because I mean it sells like crazy and it's a good product. It's 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 awesome. And we know it came from the OEM supplier, so we don't have any problems with the with the uh, the material, which is awesome. That is finding that I, I bet on that side of the equation where you're trying to track down a manufacturer of a product. And oh, nobody wa- nobody wants to share that info, right? Because or right. it's just or it's just not out there because there are a lot of companies that just uh, it's like LR two Enterprises. And you're like, I don't even right. Know. Yeah, it's what impossible they to find. Right? They got fifty companies. Like, which one of them made the cloth? Like, it, I don't know. And which, no, and they're all here? people are they're gone. They're the different employees. No one knows. Or there's that one guy or lady who aren't gone who've been at the company fifty years. It's the only person who knows where to find that yeah. bolt of. But dude, cloth. I know. Right. I know. I have celebrated. Like I'm sure these guys have. They they crack a beer, right? Or they have they've got their their whiskey going nuts. But when they get, they're like, "Dude, I found the company that made the the tweed on the ram." Like, I mean, yes. I, I yeah. know it's like high five. Think you won? Think you won what? I don't know. He may have just dropped off. Oh, no, he, we he lost won, him. He won the lottery. The I, I, I'm guessing he said, "I think you won the lottery." Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we search years trying to find some of this stuff, and you finally find somebody that that knows somebody. Oh, hold on, oh, he's, in wind, him. he's in a wind tunnel. You talking about me? Hey, he's back. Oh, there you are. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> we, he dropped off into nothing land for a little while. Oh, really? That's weird. It's, yeah, God, weird he told the here. best story, too. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> I thought the uh, the leather curtains fell off the wall and then uh, strangled you. Something happened. Back. That's right. That's Perforated right. leather. Perforated leather. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can breathe through them. I see. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, yes. well, gentlemen, congratulations on the uh, the very short, uh, the accelerated 15-year success. Um, Thank you. It, it obviously it's it's paying off. Um, you guys go to theseatshop.com and and your make model look up, find out what they have for your truck, and they make uh, covers and well. uh, endurofoam. Absolutely. So especially that 2002 Acura MDX and either uh, the uh, dark or saddle. <laughs> you know, there's a few of you out there. They've got that bolt of cloth. They really need to get it off the uh, off the pallet rack. Okay, so uh, if you guys have needs, uh, they can hook you up with the MDX. I, I hear over five hundred dollars, you get ten percent off. Yes, yep. yeah. And hang on for the for Black Friday. That's uh, usually a pretty good sale too. No, oh, yeah. no, new well, website wait. dropping in a couple weeks. Well, too, why, so guys, guys, why different. are you putting why are you putting your stuff on sale? You don't have to. Don't cheapen your product. People are going to buy it anyway. No, no, no. That's their gift back to their customers. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't discount your product. You're just mad because if they discount it, you miss the sale. No, you I pay don't care. Pop. No, I don't. I don't want my money back. I don't. I'm telling you, these guys are they're making this stuff in the U.S. All right. I've held it in my hands, and I'm telling you, the stitching is rock solid. It is really well put together. The foam looks better than stock. 
I don't don't discount your stuff. I'm telling you, there's enough market there that you don't have to tease anyone. When's the last time Rolex had a sale? Exactly. Right. We exactly. don't we don't have sales very often. I promise you. So I'm just saying. Exactly right. I mean, this is where Lightning gives you unsolicited business advice. I'm yet you guys that. have a multi million dollar company it. in Plano, Texas, <laughs> and Lightning is a podcast I'm host. Just saying. I, yeah. Hey, you can- you can learn something from anybody. So I, I uh, almost anybody. Not yeah. me. <laughs> almost not anybody. Me. Not, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to anything I say. All right. Anyway, <laughs> c- gentlemen, uh, Matt, Brian, congrats on yeah, the success. Ple- pleasure honestly. having you guys on. Are you guys going to be at SEMA this year? We were going to go, and we actually canceled just because we have a new website launching in a couple weeks, and we just bought a brand new huge leather cnc and textile cnc cutting table that's being installed the first day of sema and we just and new computer systems going in and it's just a lot of a lot of stuff moving and shaking at the shop and we, we started looking at timeline we can respect that yeah we're losing a lot of money well we're just gonna have to uh have our five uh glasses of whiskey or uh, beer uh, in the future but we, we'd love to hook up with you guys at some point and and see in person but uh really great product had a chance to check it out in in the old uh the bank's work truck and uh just uh super stoked there's a company with guys like you running it doing stuff right here in the usa and Again, to all of our uh, all of our podcast listeners, if you've got a clapped out seat being held together with duct tape, you, you don't have to do that anymore. There's the the guys, the, Brian and Matt are here for you. They're gonna get it fixed. You're gonna love your truck again. Go see these guys. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. We really enjoyed talking with you guys. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Thank you, gents. Talk to you. Thank you, guys. Right, bye. Adios. Bye. Home and I see a stack of newspapers over there. Looks like you're creating some truck news. Is that is that what's going on over there? Well, Lightning, I got me <laughs> some old-timey newspapers over here. You know how you used to read the newspapers and you got that ink print on your fingers? Mm-hmm. That's where I get all my newsies stuff. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Don't kill James Bond, you bastards. I felt your rage. As soon as you kicked the chair out and it hit the wall, bounced off the wall. I think I pulled my diaphragm. (laughs) Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. The 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 was uh, announced today. Oh, really? Does uh, it have a, uh, s- a uh, Swiss Army uh, uh, tailgate? Uh, it does have a Swiss Army tailgate. Okay. Uh, known as the uh, Multipro. Okay. And uh, this is the mid-cycle update, so it's basically the same truck as uh, you're used to, but like the Silverado, it's an awesome-looking new front clip and that gorgeous new interior. There's also a couple new, um, well, let's say uh, trim levels. Oh, scrolled past it. Let me look. Hold on. Sorry, I've got to move my mic over. Oh, interesting. Instead of straight across, it bevels up towards the, uh, the smiley side markers. Face. Yeah, it is. With a cheese grater it's grill. A little, it's a little that. warthog-ish, but not it, too it, much. It's, uh, no, that's that's good looking right there. And it, yeah. it's got the heavy-duty kind of uh, vent-ish uh, styling element on the uh, on the grill. I think it's a good looking truck. Uh, so, what do you want to know? Uh, two new models, the Sierra Denali Ultimate and the AT4X. 
So um, AT4X. I wonder what they could be offering with the X. So the AT4X is basically the same as the Chevy Silverado ZR2, mm-hmm. which has the Multimatic DSSV shocks and front and rear lockers. Solid. Solid. Yeah, yeah it's it's a great looking truck. Um, the Sierra AT4's uh, off-road drive modes include a terrain mode, which uh, allows one-pedal rock crawling, and wheel travel was increased one inch in the rear and two inches in the front compared with the standard AT4. What does the X stand for? Do we know? It's just X. Okay. It's I just, mean, that's, they're adding, just they're just adding, adding rock, yeah, rock, rock crawling. extra stuff on it. No, it's uh-huh. not rock crawling. It's just there's more equipment. It's just every manufacturer's easy way of saying this one's better than the non-X version. Got it. The, or X, whatever. Is, the X is the uh, the variable, the unknown. Yeah. So everything we, we talked about for the uh, Chevy Silverado Zero Two uh, holds true here. Uh, Super Cruise with trailer capability will be, uh, with automatic lane change, uh, will be uh, available on here, which, is, which is pretty cool. And then, of course, the uh, the Denali Ultimate. So think of that Silverado interior, that big screen that was oh so uh, beautiful. And I actually think the truck interior looks way better than the SUVs. The Denali Ultimate uh, takes it up a notch. Of course, there's that 12.3-inch digital gauge cluster and a 13.4-inch central touchscreen. Oh, they upped RAM by 0.4 inches. Yeah, no, uh, one, one point four. Oh, one point four. That's right. It's twelve yeah. inches. That's right. Well, RAM, like, like we talked about before, RAM is portrait, and the uh, Denali or the, the GM trucks are uh, landscape. Yeah, so I don't know different. which I would prefer. I've been spending a lot more time on our twenty in the RAM. I love with, it. With, I love the screen. Yeah, the TRX, although, same screen. As the although TRX. I can't figure out how to manipulate. Um, and I haven't sat like a lot of times. I'll just sit in the driveway and I'll play with the screen. I'm now. I find myself just. Uh, I'm driving and I'm trying yeah. to navigate both at the same time, but I can't seem to ha- figure out how to split the screen. Like have nav up top All and then have, have climb at the bottom. Select anything. And, yeah. Well, I know you select it, but what if I want to move it around? What if I want? No, no, no. CarPlay always stays at the top on the RAM. Okay. Or it's the full screen. I figured that out. And then you okay. can change anything you want on the bottom card. But like the bottom keeps. I'll have climb it and then it, it goes away, and then no. I have to go find it again. No, and, no, that's not how it works. I know it's not supposed to, but it's but what's been happening. No, no, no. I'm sure I'll, I'll show you in the TRX. It's, okay, it's I'm super guessing easy. it's operator error. It is operator error. Okay, yeah, I, I can that that system is super. Uh, in fact, Ram said it was so uh, intuitive, even a monkey could operate it. Well, so you should be okay. I'm the monkey. Yeah, you exactly. Be okay. I've got bananas. Now wait, you've sat in both trucks now. Yep. I generally prefer landscape. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Denali. What, uh, what's your opinion? My opinion is if you're going to be using two different systems, so on the Denali, I think it's like a third and two-thirds split between like vehicle functions and like say Google or uh, CarPlay, whereas in the RAM, it's half and half. If I'm using two systems like you're talking about, have the top card be Apple CarPlay and the bottom card be vehicle functions, I think I like it in portrait mode. I think there's a nice delineation because everything's the same distance to reach if I'm inter- if I'm you know interfacing, whereas a uh, 13.4 inch screen, you, you think on the other end start getting kind of far away from you, and That's it's weird. not as elegant to split things. So up. I mean, my experience so far has been with the with, with our 20 RAM is that when I go to change the climate control and it's on the lower half of the screen, because mm-hmm. again, if you guys are imagine it's like a, a business card, right? It's vertical, but it's massive. But it's again, it's it's 50 50. It's 50 50. I'm going down and I'm having to take my eyes off the road to find the climate buttons or whatever the selection is at the bottom of the panel, whereas everything well, why, at the top, no, I'm able to see really easily. No, why aren't you using the hard buttons that are on either side? Temperature's right up there. It's the top buttons on the, you know hard, what's the physical weird? buttons. I gotta be honest. So it's funny to say that because I one day I go, oh, there's hard buttons. I yeah. need to remember, to, but I don't see the hard buttons because the screen is vivid. It's in your face. I'm hunting for the buttons and I have to go 
stop. That's one of the nicest things about somewhere. the RAM system is that there's a bunch of physical hard buttons. But weird is the GMC is the same way. They blend into the plastic. You don't mm-hmm. really see it. It took me for, oh, dude, here's a great example. I wanted to turn off the lane departure warning because it was driving me crazy. It was kept bouncing me in the lane, right, nonstop. And it, what, what is kind of nice is you can change how aggressive the lane departure is or the lane keeper. I'm sorry, it's called the lane keeper, right? Lane keep assist? Yeah. Lane keep assist, right? You start veering over and it pushes yeah. you back in lane. Yeah, I don't like that. I, so I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. This, this, right? The button is right at the top Again, of the center that's stack. exactly where I'm going with this. Is that Finally, I found it. I'm like, I didn't see it because it just blends into the dash. It's, it's really you interesting. You need to spend more time in that uh, in that vehicle. I probably do. So the uh, Denali Ultimate uh, has a new level of, uh, of luxury and detail. So uh, it has open pore engineered wood. Uh, with a topographic map of Mount Denali etched in it, which is kind of cool. So Ram and Jeep were sort of the first ones to kind of have this open poor wood um, in, you know, at least the American manufacturers may have been one of the first ones anyway. With GM doing it, it's cool, but I've and Ram actually brands their open poor wood on the uh, Laramie Longhorn, like with an actual brand. So every truck's a little bit different because it's they're hand-branded. So it's kind of interesting that GM goes and then makes a, top, a topo map on it of Denali, which I think is yeah. kind of cool. So it's a different take on it. Hey, trip out on the, the the Rivian that's sitting outside of Motor Trend right now. Yep. What is the wood in the in the in the dash? Because it looks like a chunk of cork. No, it's engineered open pore wood. It is. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, the thing I like about it is on the Rivian is it feels it warms up the interior. It feels like there's a soul, unlike a Tesla, which is all black plastic and yeah. hard and whatever. The Rivian has some of those natural elements in there that kind of make it feel it's it you know like a, a premium vehicle. And and again, it's it's got a soul. Right. Uh, a map of the Summit's also laser etched on the doors, matte pocket, and the two tone black and brown heated and massaging leather seats. Uh, the cabin is a sea of leather, and the Denali Ultimate. Well, let's just say the hide has a second finish to it to give it more texture. Uh, real aluminum trim brightens the dash and steering wheel, and the headliner and pillars are covered in synthetic suede. Overall, it uh, it rivals Ram, I think, on on the interior. Execution is, is probably one of the nicest GM products, short of maybe a Cadillac Escalade or something like that. Uh, so anyway. It's, and uh, do we know price? Nope. Okay, then. Hmm. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No, no! No! No, I did not. Ford uh, released the EPA rating of the 2022 Ford Maverick Hybrid. All right. And remember, so... the hybrid is the base model. It's a 2.5-liter four-cylinder uh, mated with the hybrid system. The upgrade motor is a uh, EcoBoost Turbo 4. Uh, Ford was promising uh, 40 miles per gallon in the city. Okay. Although they were promising 40, I'm going to guess they exceeded that, and they're at 42. Really? Yep. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Good, oh, thank good, you. good guess. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Ford will uh, have a 42 mile per gallon in the city pickup truck, if you want to call it that. I will call it a crossover pickup truck. Yep, we're going uh, with that. It'll be the most fuel efficient uh, pickup on sale, um, if you don't count the EVs, of course. The um, best pickup right now for city is 24 miles per gallon. I believe that's on the F 150 Power Boost Hybrid. And then most of the other, the diesels and from other manufacturers in the 22 to 23 range. So 42 is a pretty big deal. Uh, Maverick's freeway rating is 33 miles per gallon. Uh, obviously, hybrids have uh, fewer opportunities to um, recuperate energy via regen braking and shutting down on the road, obviously. Uh, but the combined rating is impressive at 37 miles per gallon. That would make the Maverick EPA cruising range a little bit more than 500 miles. Shut the front door. It's pretty, pretty amazing. What? Also, all Maverick hybrids are front-wheel drive. You've got to get the upgraded engine to get all-wheel drive, but it can still tow 2,000 pounds and has a 1,500-pound 
uh, payload rating, uh, which is pretty cool. The uh, two-liter turbo uh, maxes out at 4,000 pounds. The two-liter turbo engine, the upgrade, will do 23 city, 30 highway, and 26 combined, which ain't bad either. Pretty impressed. 42 miles per gallon in the city with the new uh, Maverick Hybrid. For as much as you wanted to hate it, um, I wanted had, to hate it greatly. You have been, been unable to. You've been unsuccessful in your hate. I have wanted to your hate, hate it. Your hate is failing. And I actually liked it. I mm. was surprised how much uh, I, I did like it. And I sort as of the emperor it. would say, uh, the hate is not strong enough with you. <laughs> I don't think that's what the, no, the emperor no, would say. I don't say. Think he would have said that, yeah. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No, 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 no. No! 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 Ford has a super weird patent that somebody dug up and found. It's the oh wait the intermittent windshield wiper. No. Oh, the retractable tailpipe for off-roading. Really? Where it pulls the tailpipe back into itself in telescopes so that I know what it feels like. Don't you? No. Cold, cold today? Yes. Um, and uh, uh, keeps it within the uh, departure angle so that you don't crunch your tips. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, bad, bad puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, it it's pretty complex. Um, the system comprises an exhaust tube mounted to an underbody of a vehicle, an exhaust tip slidably mounted slidably? to the exhaust tube. The exhaust tip. That's not a word, slidably. It, uh, that's what it says. Uh, the exhaust tip having a plurality of extension shafts fixed on a second end and an exhaust tip retract module positioned on the exhaust tube circumscribing an outer surface. The exhaust tip retract module having an actuator, a gear, and a plurality of bearings that mate with the plurality of extension shafts on the exhaust tip. I don't know why I'm reading this because I can see you drooling over there. But why? Um, I don't understand if you have the ability to make it shorter, just leave it shorter. Right. You know? Right? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I just, I mean, great. Mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't pay extra for that, especially if you're going in the mud and stuff. I don't. It just seems like a weird pattern. We're talking about. I mean, it's truck related. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Hey, uh, lighting. Did you hear? No. Nope. Uh, if you have a chance, go to YouTube, um, and there is a YouTube channel. It's BTG Dale. That took a TRX on a lap of Nürburgring. The top speed of a TRX is 118 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> they, I wonder, has anyone, um, has our fr- any of our friends like uh, Corey Willis hacked in and uh, overwritten that or, or deactivated so they can go you know, raise the top speed limiter? Uh, I'm sure somebody has. I, I know there's some TRX tuners that have uh, started to uh, come out. He had uh, different tires that look like uh, more track-friendly tires Street than tires? the uh, 35s. Wranglers that come on it, but God, has anyone lowered the suspension and made it like total total street nope, truck? No, th- this was uh, in all of its glory. Um, you could tell that the uh, the the brakes were overheating, which brakes are not a strong part of the TRX. They have massive massive brakes, and I can definitely I feel times where I wish I had a little bit more. Really? Yeah. Hey, uh, do you know what the what is the rotor size on those things? Like uh, six piston calipers with like a f- fourteen, fifteen inch it's rotor. Fourteen point nine inch rotor in the front and a fourteen point one in the back. And the fronts have a reverse hat on them, and they're uh, gripped by uh, monoblock calipers. I I don't remember. I think it's four piston, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So like the, when we talked to like uh, Mike Hamrick or the guys over at Willwood, they yep. have the T six R kit. Yeah. Which is, what's that? Fifteen inch on a six piston? Yeah, something like that. All I know is that uh, there's definitely uh, periods of time where I think the TRX could use a little bit more brakes. 
Mm. Oh, Holman admitting there's a weakness on the on the uh, TRX. I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a weakness as it much as I weakness. would. I would say that if you're driving the speed limit every day, you'll never have a problem. Right. But Ever. if you're not, and you're going around the uh, one of the world's most famous tracks in Germany, 18-mile track, maybe you're overheating those brakes. I Got some brake uh, fade. I had a guy in a Chevy when I was in, uh, quote-unquote, Mexico the other day. And uh, I was stopped at the stoplight uh, in Mexico, mm-hmm. as one often does. And he had like a- six, Alto is what it says. A, Alto, that's right. He had like a 6.2 um, late model, two-wheel drive, lifted, pre-runner style. And as I'm coming to the stop, he's like four or five car lengths back, right? And I'm waiting for the light. I'm watching it to, you know, to turn green. And this guy, it turns green and he hammers it. And within four car lengths, as I'm stopped at the light, he never got past me. Complete shaming. Oh, my God. Like, he thought, whole shot, I got the TRX, didn't even pass me. No joke. It was unbelievable. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's not something you do every day. But uh, when you're in Mexico, sometimes an opportunity presents itself. Do you think it's funny when all these YouTubers go like, oh, let's go down to Mexico <laughs> and let's do quarter miles? Like, dude, it's a little bit funny. All the, no, It's not even a little bit funny. It's so stupid. It's a bit funny. They're not even doing it for jokes. They're doing it as in case the EPA is watching or some governmental agency. I'm like, dude, the street signs are all green, a-holes. Like, we can tell you're in Texas. You know what I mean? Dude, why would you? Morons. How dare you? Or wherever they are. Lightning. Hey, are we going to be covering in uh, this uh, segment of truck news the new GM 6.2 liter crate engine that just dropped? Well. I think we are. Go for it. I just, that's all I know is that uh, it's 6.2 liter crate engine. <laughs> that makes over a thousand horsepower? All I all I saw is that uh, it dropped and I didn't have time to dig into it because I was launching my news about a crate engine. Well, all right. Well, then you might as well hit your news up. Uh, okay. So it, uh, next year, Banks Power will be launching a supercharged Duramax-based Banks engine. And it is uh, topped with a brand new Whipple Gen 5 3.8 liter supercharger, intercooled. Uh, and you'll see it on display in the Amsoil booth uh, because Amsoil is a bank's partner. And if all goes as planned, you will be able to buy those engines. That'll be the first of three. Uh, the, it'll be a supercharged Duramax available in uh, Q2 of 2022 uh, for repower, marine, things like that. And, and what's the power rating? Uh, well, we're shooting for 650. It'll also be uh, plumbed for nitrous, so we expect it to be in the eights with nitrous. All right, well, and then that's uh, great. Yeah, that's great. But the biggest crate engine ever is the new Chevy Performance thousand horsepower ZZ six thirty two big block. That's right, six hundred thirty two cubic inch. That is massive. That, that is, massive. is massive. That that is that is massive. So, but I think that we're going to top that because we're going to Pikes Peak next June. And we're going to be taking what looks like a super turbo, a supercharged twin turbo Duramax based Can I engine. make you feel just a little bit worse about that? Uh, I mean, it's cool. You, you That's all, it's awesome. You, you can try. Okay. How about that the new uh, Chevrolet Performance uh, ZZ632, um, that's over 10 liters. I think it's a 10.1 liter engine. Yeah. 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. 876 pound-feet of torque. Uh, I'm not, it's not blowing me away. Really? Nope. On pump gas with no power adders. We are shooting On for, pump gas with no power adders. We are adders. shooting oh, with no power with adders. With no power adders. Okay, you win. Completely naturally aspirated. Yeah, no Cause, supercharger, no turbos, cause, nothing. Because we're going for regular, you know, diesel, pump diesel, 1,300 horsepower. Okay. 
an instant response because it's got a supercharger. Well, the ZZ632 makes peak power at 6,600 RPMs. It revs to 7K. Well, yeah, okay. 10 liters revving at 7. That's like a it's Honda S2000. Yeah. <laughs> I like your call, I'm right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, fuel is delivered by eight port injectors with a big block breathing through high flow CNC machined aluminum cylinder heads that feature symmetrical ports. Traditionally, big blocks have been designed with uh, variations in port shape from cylinder to cylinder. But in this case, all eight intake ports are the same length, volume, and layout. And uh, similarly, all the ZZ632's exhaust ports are uh, identical as well. So I guess the symmetry ensures individual cylinders all produce uh, the same amount of power. Uh, you can read about it more on uh, motortrend.com under the hot rod section. Um, but uh, One of the guys that I work with is best friends with a gentleman that worked on that project, and they've been working on that engine for almost 10 years. Isn't that crazy? I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it does share a mold, if you're curious, if you're an engine guy, with Chevy Performance's uh, ZZ572, which I believe is the Leno big block, right? The 572? Yes. And so this uh, eclipses that. Uh, the castings have been, have been machined to accommodate a massive uh, 632 displacement by growing the bores uh, 0.040 over compared to the uh, 572. And most of the displacement gain comes from a stroke that's uh, 0.375 inch longer. Uh, and then to provide clearance for that long stroke, engineers modified both the block as well as the connecting rods, a forged rotating assembly, four bolt main caps uh, are going to ensure strength and uh, durability. And then during development, I guess the team behind it um, took a ZZ632 and it survived, a single engine, survived over 200 simulated drag strip passes on a dyno, which I think is pretty cool. So that's going to be one of the things that debut yeah. at, uh, at SEMA next week. Um for you guys who want to know uh, more about the heads, the uh, heads are a 310 cubic centimeter uh, combined with a solid roller cam. That's uh, uh, it's pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, and it, this is all on 93 octane pump gasket, no power adders. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. Our engine will go away. It'll it'll it's supposed to do a NATO, which is 400 hours at full throttle. Well, it's good to see uh, the engine crate program alive and well. Whether you get one from uh, Banks or you get one from GM. Um, I would love to see uh, that in a vehicle. Oh, wait. You are going to see one in a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. You're about to see one in just a couple of days in a vehicle. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wait, what you said as if it's not happening? Hey, Lightning, you want to get to our uh, next guest? I believe we have uh, Ted Livingston from our favorite GPS uh, mapping app, Onyx. No. No, let's not. Hey, Lightning, <laughs> Onyx Off-Road with Ted Livingston. All right, go ahead and dial. I love, I love to meet some Ted. Hey, this is Ted. Ted Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you do? What's going on? Hey, hey guys. How are you? We're outstanding, but not as good as you because you're rolling out a bunch of cool features that we need to talk about. <laughs> yes, we are. There's some fun stuff coming. All right. Don't, don't that. Er, er, stop, stop. Breaks. We got a quick intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires. Brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. And what you want to come back to is uh, the Onyx uh, app in your, uh, and I don't know, I guess it would be the Apple uh, App Store or the Google, Google Play, Play Store, yep. yeah, for uh, for iPhone and Android. Or uh, as we know, well know on the show, 
Onyx is the app that works across all your devices, even on your PC, so you can plan out your next adventure. It's our uh, Well, it shares the information over, right? That's right. So this is uh, our, our favorite mapping software. And uh, the first time you guys came on the show, you were like little uh, mapping app toddlers. And hey. now I feel like you're teenagers now and wait, you're learning to drive. Hold on, hold on. Ted, did you have diapers on when we spoke to you last? Or were you, uh, were you waddling? Oh, man. I think I was... We were... We had just learned to walk. We were stumbling around. <laughs> there was padding all over our offices. Yeah. Okay, so but wait. We, did uh, hold on? Did the landlord have the latches all over the the, the drawers and the cabinets? No, 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 no. no. They, they had the little plastic plugs inside the outlet, so they couldn't hurt themselves. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, hundred well, percent. Yeah. <laughs> and we took this ride with you guys pretty early, and you guys have been uh, sponsors of the show before. And we love Onyx, uh, but when you first launched it, we were like, this is awesome. I wish you guys added this, this, and this. And slowly but surely over the last, what, a year and a half, two years, you've been checking off those boxes. And I, I have to tell you, every update is even better to use. Like you're, the features that you and I have personally talked about, it's like, hey, you might want to go get the update because uh, all that stuff's done. And a couple of things that I've been been waiting for. So, Holman, what you're saying, they're one of the companies that listen to their customers, the feedback? A hundred percent. We've had them out on you know Overland Adventure, Ultimate Adventure, been wheeling with these guys. We've been out at events. Uh, we've talked about the product in depth in person. Ted, why don't you take it away and talk about maybe the, uh, the growth, where you guys are at, and, and what's coming for the end user? Well, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, we, we definitely do try to to listen to our folks and and we listen to our trail guides we listen to guys like you people that are out there wheeling and try to implement that stuff as fast as we can uh, we have an excellent in-house team here um at onyx just honestly just going down the list of, of priorities and and ticking them off and and updating as fast as we can um and and we're really proud of of where we've come from our baby steps right in the beginning when we were talking to you and where we are now is has been almost light years, it feels. And just we've got some really exciting stuff coming down the pipe um, just to make that app every time we release just a little bit stronger every time. So if you've uh, tried it in the past, uh, maybe you tried it when you first heard these guys come on a couple of years ago and you're like, yeah, it was good. But I've got some other mapping software that I, I, I kind of still like better. Go try it again, because it is such a different level and build now than where they were a couple of years ago. It's uh, it's all the ease of use with just a ton more features that make it fun to use, easy to use, easy to plan trips, find yourself. Like the 3D stuff you guys added was super yeah. rad. That so is you're awesome. saying the UX and the UI have improved greatly. I, I just just the whole app, the whole experience from itself, you know, the whole experience on its own is is light years ahead of where they started. And I liked the product when it started, and I'm like, all right, cool. It doesn't have everything, but it has enough stuff to keep me here. Now, if I came in today, I'd be like, dude, this is the one for off-roading. Okay, can I ask, before you answer Holman's question, I have always been curious, even back to when we first spoke to you, how much of Onyx is your backbone? Meaning, how much of that that, uh, that mapping software that's so critical was built in-house versus just maybe layered on some other mapping, existing mapping system? Oh yeah, it's it's everything uh, about it is built in house. Um, we, you know, everything's U.S. made right here in the U.S. of A. and and we have teams. Most of us are in um, Montana. We do now this day and age, or we're kind of getting spread out across the states. But 
it's it's all built here in house. So we're going on 13 years of Onyx, um, and a couple. We're now, um, and like you said, we're kind of teenagers now, uh, coming on two and a half years of Onyx off road. But uh, yeah, all all built in house, and we're proud of that. You know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, it takes a lot of people. I mean, all these electronics, the, the the app companies have massive staffs. I mean, and to do what you guys are doing, there's so much. It's just so much data entry. There's no way to well do look at it all the different layers they have. I mean, if you go to uh, the Elite subscription, you can get the private property lines like we've talked about before on the show, and see like if I'm pulling over to camp tonight. Am I going to get a 12 gauge in my face at midnight from a rancher or something? Or am I cool? I mean, I hope you do. Well, that's you, but most people (laughs) don't want to have that, that uh, experience. Um, But just the, the, those layers, you know, all the boundary lines. So there, you've got the regular, you know, satellite imagery, you've got the topo map, you got the, the, the routes, you've got the property lines, you've got what government agency owns it. I mean, on and on. And then you've got user generated content as, you know, from trails and photos and waypoints and, you can keep your own private stash of stuff. You can share it publicly. There's just so many different ways to uh, to chop the Onyx onion. Is is it super hard, Ted? Um, as like all the stuff that Holman's talking about that you guys have rolled out, you have all these features, and then you realize, uh oh, it becomes unnavigatable. Is that a word? No, it's hard to navigate. Right? It just becomes yeah. unwieldy, and then you have to go. Hmm, what single button do people keep pushing the most, and what do they not use? Like. How do you how do you make it grow and then make it easy to use? Because it's a battle, right? Absolutely, and and that's something that you know with Onyx we really try to be user friendly and and not make it where you have to take a class just to learn how to use our app. You know, we want it to where you pick it up, you play with it, you know, while you're sitting on the couch planning your trip, and you go out and enjoy and. And uh, it's a tool, but it's not something that you really have to scratch your head to figure out how to how to use it. It's a battle back and forth of like we do our best and, and we're always growing and learning and we take that feedback. But we do our best and simplify things. You know, we, we do, um, you know, move a lot of the layers into a, just a couple base layers of your maps. But there's all kinds of information like rec- we have over 10,000 rec points and what rec points are camping sites and fire lookouts and all this fun information that you have, but you don't have to turn layers on and off. It's just, it's just kind of there um, at your fingertips. Um, Sean, you mentioned the, the 3d and I was actually yeah. before we on this call, I was planning out tomorrow. We're a uh, handful of us at Onyx. We're going out, taking the Friday and going wheeling. And um, I really enjoy uh, a lot of people forget um, or maybe don't even know, but we do have you can log in with your account on your laptop or your desktop at, in your office or at your home and plan your trips using um, your de- your computer. So that's how I do it. That's how I would yeah. do it, too. So basically, yeah. I'll sit at home and, for example, Billy Creech in the Eastern Mojave Heritage Trail, right? It's 730 miles yeah. long. The Onyx has the route because Billy and uh, Chris, I think, recorded it when they did it. So it, it exists on there. But it doesn't have the waypoints. It doesn't have the history and all that. So I go through the books mile by mile, find it on the map, plug it in on my desktop so that when I'm out there running everything off my iPad mini, everything's at my it's fingertips. There. Yeah. So yeah. I know exactly the next place I want to stop, what I want to look at. It, it allows you to have notes. So I'll take a note out of the book and say, hey, at this spot in 1896, nothing happened, right? Cool. Great. Here's a photo. And <laughs> you I got a lot of those, right? Yeah, exactly. 1899, again, <laughs> again, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Um, and so it, it's really, really great from that way because- as soon as I, I do it on my computer, it shows up on my phone or on my iPad. 
I don't have to even think about it. I go in the car, I plug in the iPad mini for a trip, boom, everything I did my entire trip. And I love this, the standpoint that I can share it out to my friends who are coming. Everybody downloads Onyx. They all have the exact same map I do. So if we get separated, boom, we were, you know, everybody knows where the trail is. Let me ask you a dumb question, as I do so often. Is there any advantage to using Onyx off-road on-road? Yeah, our, we definitely, as is in our name, we focus on dirt um, and, and actually snow snow for snowmobiles. And, um, but what I find beneficial driving down the highway or just in town is I'll have it up running and you can see if you have the elite level membership, you can see property owners. So you say, well, she's who owns that ranch over there or who owns that um, 7-Eleven? And you can see um, if That's you have awesome. the property owners showing up, um, it's kind of a fun kind of thing while you're going down the road. And to Lightning's point, it's it doesn't you don't necessarily navigate with it outside of the off-road environment. But what you can do is pick a location like a trailhead or somewhere randomly in Colorado that you want to go to. And what it does is, like on the iOS version, for example, it brings you over to Apple Maps. It lines up that point on Onyx, brings it over to Apple Maps, and then uses Apple Maps to navigate uh, there. So it just yeah. offloads that exact location. And so I'll do that sometimes. Sometimes I'm, in, I'm immersed within Onyx Maps. I'm like, oh, man, I want to navigate here. Boom, I don't have to pull out a different app. It automatically transfers it over to my Apple Maps. That's sweet. So it's a really clean interface for doing that without having their own native, uh, you know, directions and things like that buried within. Because you're you're following trails. There's not necessarily stop signs and street signs and a a left here and a right that there like you would have on the highway or something like that. Right, right, right. Now, Ted, before we got on the call, um, Holman was teasing me that uh, you were rolling out Apple CarPlay integration. Is that true? (laughs) Yes, guys, it is coming, um, and we are ecstatic to um, have that in short order. Um, so that is a, a, a big project that the team is working. Oh, they're clapping. Hold on, Ted. <laughs> they love it. Hold on, Ted. Heck yeah. Hey, there's that one guy in the back. He's cheering really loud. Oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm the guy. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. That's enough. So for, for, for <laughs> me, I always have when I'm, let's say I'm in my, my JL and I'm overlanding, I have my iPad yeah. mini. But where CarPlay, I think, is going to be awesome is if I'm in one of my test vehicles, I can run it off my phone and have it appear on the, uh, you know, on the CarPlay you know, screen set up in, in the vehicle. So I don't always have to have my iPad with me. So all those times that I don't have my iPad, I can still enjoy a bigger screen than my phone, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're ecstatic to to finally roll that out. We'll have CarPlay and Android Auto, so we'll support both both types of de- devices, whatever your poison is. So what's that interface going to be like? If you're used to Onyx today, and you plug in your phone, and you've got your normal CarPlay screen that pops up, uh, I would imagine you scroll over, and one of the apps that displays within CarPlay will be Onyx. What yep. can you do within the CarPlay environment versus your tablet or phone environment? Well, if, if you guys have been playing or, or excuse me, using CarPlay for years, um, it does, it's different. You know, it, it's not the same app as you will have on your phone. It's um, kind of pared down, right? It yeah. is pared down because, um, quite simply, is safety. CarPlay, Android Auto, they want you to be safe. They want you to have hand, two hands on the wheels looking forward, not messing around with your screen or your phone. So it is different, um, but what I found really awesome is just having that nice big screen. You drive along, you can see property lines, you can see uh, trails in the area that you can navigate to. 
So there's some some really trick benefits to it. You have if you if you're planning a trip, you're dropping waypoints and lines, and anybody shares you anything, you'll be able to see that. It's just a nice feature. It's a very nice feature to have, and I will say um, there are some very interesting and fun, stronger tools that will be integrated into CarPlay and Android Auto in the near future. Um, Wait, sounds like an embargo. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. embargo. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's just angling to come back on. There we go. I get. I think you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, along with CarPlay and Android Auto, which I think are the the big the big news for Onyx, what are some of the other features? Because in the last few months, you guys have been rolling out a ton of stuff, and I know that there's a bunch of stuff on the horizon outside of the uh, CarPlay and Android Auto um, features. One of the newer ones that I, we didn't get to talk about last time is our snow mode, and. For all of those of us that are interested in snowmobiling or snow biking, um, we now have a snow snow mode. And so you can s- switch over from dirt to snow and you can have, get avalanche forecasts and slope angle as well as snowmobile trails nationwide. So that's a really that was a big um, another big lift on, on our end. And, and we really wanted to um, serve that customer. Uh, in the West and, and all the uh, Midwest states. So there's thousands of miles of, of snowmobile trails as well. And, and, then, and so, Ted, how are, they, how are you viewing that? Are you, are you plan on that being an iPhone in like an, an OtterBox case or what do you, I mean? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. It's, it's just like Onyx. It's just the, you push a button on the screen and it flops you over from off-road to snow mode. No, I know that, but I'm just saying like it's oh, freaking harsh conditions and you're out there with your iPhone. <laughs> it's IP, what, IP96 or 97 now? The iPhone 13 is no problem in the snow. Okay. But yeah. I, I, my my uh, mini's in OtterBox. Yeah, you can do. I often like last last couple seasons I've been riding snowmobile sledding and and you basically I make a plan, set off. Sometimes I I do put it on my handlebars on my sled. Um, it gets cold, so then I'll put it in my chest pocket for a while. So you you basically. Use the tool for planning, making sure that you're safe with avalanche danger and slope angles. And, you know, sometimes you do have to put your phone in your pocket to keep it warm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been a, an amazing tool. And, and we, we came in late a little bit last year in the, in the snow season, but uh, we're really going to hit it hard coming here in, in this winter. Reminds me of so the that- time I was in Florida at the uh, U, uh, the U.S. Air Force uh, Climate Chamber. And I can't remember what they took us down to. I think it was like minus 40. I don't remember you telling me this story. When were you at the climate chamber? Uh, it was, I think it was before we started the podcast. I think it might have been for Super Duty. Ford was showing how you know cold start works. And so they rented out the uh, Air Force uh, climate chamber. And I uh, was in there and they gave us the, you know, you had, we looked like uh, in Star Wars where it was the, the, the McKinley, the white, the white, the white puffy jacket. Yeah, with the, with fur, the fur around it. Yeah, oh yeah. wait, wait! When Luke like, Skywalker got, got uh, attacked, no, when he the, crawled, he had to keep warm inside the. Oh, the, uh, oh, the, uh, oh yeah, the, the yak yak. Yeah, yeah, the yak, yak, yak exactly. Oh, the tauntaun. Was it tauntaun? Might be tauntaun. Yeah. I'm, I'm rusty on my. Yeah, uh, on he my kills it. It's like. Arr, arr. Anyway, we were in the McKinley Climatic uh, Laboratory, <laughs> and what's awesome is that place gets so cold it actually makes its own weather, and from everybody breathing and stuff and condensation in there, it actually will snow inside the chamber. It's this massively chilled room but i think we, they took us down to like minus 25 or 40 and you know you're Ooh. taking pictures while you're in there and, and your phone is starting to glitch out because it's getting so cold it was pretty funny and nothing worked and you start stop wow. being able to feel your face 
Did you? Uh, do they let you pee and it freezes when it just like I, I stream don't in midair? Think the Air Force would want me peeing in their climate <laughs> oh, chamber? Oh no, maybe yeah. not. Okay, yeah, I think <laughs> they use real real research there. Uh, Ted, um, another strange question: What is the strangest point of interest you've found that's been loaded in either by officially or by uh, you know a fan using Onyx? Oh gosh, that is a. Because oh, the I've one that it. I've been after, the one that I've been after that Holman refuses to take me to is the bathtub full of marbles in the desert. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Listen, when somebody that you already spend too much time in a small room <laughs> says, let's go out to the desert and see a bathtub full of marbles, yeah, y- your first response isn't, okay, sorry. It should be. <laughs> it not. should be. Well, then you're not my friend. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> I don't want to know you that intimately. <laughs> I didn't say we have to take a bath in it. I just want to go see it. That's how, how, how you asked the question. Tell me, that is our press photo right there. You and me with no shirts on in a bathtub full of marbles. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 many jokes. So many uh-huh. jokes. Uh-huh. And, and Ted uh, did not I, go for any of them. The, the last one I saw that was weird, I was just out here in Montana. It was like, it was like mountain goat viewing area, which is... Which is kind of weird to me because don't well, are they just going to be standing there waiting for you to view them or you know? Hey, that, maybe the, maybe they're. Hey, look over here. Yeah, I'm a mountain goat. Yeah, pal. Like, <laughs> oh, that was kind of a funky wreck uh, uh, point. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a few great ones in the Mojave Desert. You got to find them on your own, though. I bet I'm they're not... all over the country. I bet they're things yeah. that are you know buried or. Yeah, I mean, interesting. <laughs> the I, I things wanna, that are buried. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like here's a point you need to uh-huh. dig for it. I don't... Oh, I've come up on some really cool mines. Um, old. Oh boy. Oh, well, tell me more. You just you just tell hit uh, lightning's tell favorite topic. More. Tell me more. Yeah, I think um, I found. I think our last conversation we actually talked about mines with Rory, but um, yeah, I recently came up on another decrepit mine out here in Montana, and it wasn't marked, and so. The, you know that's kind of fun when when stuff you just get to dis- discover and explore and um, you know Onyx off road we really well don't don't, a- don't blow past that Tim uh, yeah. Ted did you go in I went in about ten feet and then I got pretty creeped out you <laughs> whip you whip you whip come on now yeah. all yeah. the way or nothing you got to oh bring a canary God. with you yeah. Yeah, I was by myself, so I was like, well, nobody can, like, pull me out if I get stuck, so I, I better moonwalk out of all here. All right, all right. That's fine. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a pass if you're, if you're solo. All right, right a mental dumb. note, if lightning goes missing, he's walked into a mine randomly <laughs> and cannot get out. I would do that. <laughs> I know you would. You've tried to do it while we were on. So out in the BLM out here in California, they've covered all the mines and vertical shafts with, like, rebar and things like that, so you can't go into them like you used Not to be able to go, like, 20 years ago. And lightning's like jumping on top of the grate over the hole, going, "Oh, I wonder how strong this is." And you're going, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, it was yeah. it, it was a pit that went down a couple hundred feet. If that if that thing lets go or rust or the welds are bad, dead. Th- that's it. You, no, There's no more not, lightning. Yeah, but you're turning around going, "Yes, new host, new co-host." I mean, that wouldn't be my first thought. <laughs> my first thought would be, "Damn it, it wasn't a murder. How do I prove it?" Oh, exactly. And then it would be, "Oh no, you got like oh, I got to break it to his kids. They're going to celebrate." No, oh, no, I would I would tell it to your wife and let her break it to the kids. So they also. Yeah. <laughs> well, Onyx is supposed to keep you from doing things like that. They, points of interest, not not you know places points of, of death. death. Places yeah. of death. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's their sister app. Places <laughs> that of death. Is not, that is nope. not their sister app. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Uh, by the way, their sister app is Onyx Hunt. If you're a hunter, which is another great app, but that's uh, 
more geared toward yeah. the hunters out there and less toward the uh, recreational off-roaders. Actually, I got I got one more for you. We have our our baby brother sister, uh, Onyx Backcountry. Oh. So, um, I think that has we have not talked about that. Well, no, but, we haven't. Well, but how does backcountry differ? Just me playing. This is California yeah. pompousness. How's backcountry different than off-road? Is it just off-road desert? It's not. It no, can't be. No. Off-road is, uh, off-road is, is the mountains. Well, no, it's off-road is the two tracks the and single tracks you can take a vehicle on versus hiking. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So backcountry, backcountry is all human-powered adventures. So just like in an off-road will be two wheels and four wheels motorized, um, whether whether you're burning fossil fuels or you're electrified, that's Onyx off-road. And then, uh, yeah, so backcountry is all human-powered adventures. And just like Onyx off-road, where you see those blue featured trails, they're starting to do that with a trail guide network for uh, human-powered adventures for hiking and climbing and backcountry skiing and things like that so that is onyx backcountry our newest newest member of the family the newest uh, toddler app yeah to <laughs> they're banging their head yeah <laughs> the uh the onyx off-road app now you guys have what over five hundred fifty thousand miles of off-road trails you got it yep that's pretty uh pretty amazing do that in a weekend <laughs> okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and we'll just remind everybody you can uh, track your trips you can add your custom waypoints you, oh, download Master Offline Use. That's a that's a huge thing uh, where you can download the area at three different uh, resolution levels mm-hmm. and be able to access that when you so don't have cell. So you're saying, Holman, that when I was on the Colorado River a couple of years ago with my wife and the sun went down and our flashlights died and there was no moon. Uh, it was actually a new moon, right? That's no moon, right? It was just completely blackout. And we ran aground and didn't know where we were. My cell phone had no signal. I would have been able to still use my Onyx maps and navigate home. If you were smart enough to download ahead of time the area you knew you were going to be in. And then I usually take the area I'm going to be in, download those, and then I do the bigger, lower-resolution blocks around that so I don't take up a whole lot of memory on it. But if Mm -hmm. I happen to wander outside of where I thought I would be, I still have offline coverage. If I can give one recommendation to anyone who's going to use the app or anyone who's listening is if you do one thing in the app before you head out, like Holman said, download your maps. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take very long, especially when you're on your uh, your home Wi-Fi, if you've got you know fairly uh, decent Wi-Fi and it'll save you. And then the other things are the featured trails go with it when you download that. So you're still able to. Yeah, tap the feature trails to get the information about it and things like that. Now, when I'm downloading this to my iPhone or Android, or especially an iPhone, because we get charged for everything we upload to iCloud, right? Most people subscribe to iCloud. I don't, but I think most people do. Um, is it syncing with iCloud? Am I getting dinged for more storage, or is it all within the app? How, how does that work? It is all within the app, so you're you're fine. Yeah. Okay, got it. Cool. Campsites are listed. There's over uh, 500,000 recreation points, um, regular campgrounds, dispersed campsites, parking areas, trailheads, boat launches, all those uh, types of things. You know what would be awesome to bake in to one of your future uh, uh, versions, uh, firmware versions, is to let me know how many parking spaces are available like they do at the mall. You know, you walk, you go into a local mall these days and they've got the, the parking structure and they go, 84 spaces left, and then you keep driving up and up. And the sure idea enough, is to use Onyx to get away from parking no, lots. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is parking spots and or camp spots that are reserved at, say, if I go to Joshua uh, Tree, 
I want to know yeah. that I can go to Joshua Tree and there's still four campsites left because I've driven through Joshua Tree before. Where there's nothing. And there's nothing. And it says, you know, I will go in and the guy at the front counter at the little, you know, the, the, the kiosk uh, the, the kiosk says, oh, yeah, we got two in the back, blah, blah, blah. And I drive around. Nope. Ain't there. And yeah. Drive back and get your money back and drive all the way home like a foo. So so here's my here's my challenge or push is that if that does happen, you've got Onyx off road to go find a different zone that's farther out that you wouldn't think that you would go before got because it. you've got the app, the information, go find something different. And you're not in a that's, campsite. True. Yeah. Away yeah. around people. Right. Right. He took it's lemons not, but, and he made some beautifully sweet lemonade. <laughs> did, did you see that? Did, did you taste that? Uh, yes, I, uh, I I picked up what he was putting down. I see. Uh, <laughs> also, we talked about a minute ago uh, the 3D and satellite maps so you can view your trails and spin it around and look at uh, – it's really useful for when you're planning to look at elevations and landscape and things like that. In a, It's all photorealistic. It's very cool. Uh, of course, you can swap over to Topo for elevation, and then they even offer a hybrid of uh, satellite and Topo uh, together, which I like. And, of course, you mentioned uh, use it across devices – for those of you who like to get out in the backcountry and explore, um, you got to try Onyx. It's a it's great, and unlike some of uh, the competitors out there, there's a lot of other GPS uh, mapping apps out there, and there's a couple popular ones, but they all were born from hiking and other things. They weren't born from off roading, and Onyx is specific to those of us who who like to drive off road. So there's going to be some features that are unique to Onyx that I think work a little bit better than kind of you know pushing the uh, the round apps in the square hole. Uh, this is a square app in a square hole. We're going wheeling tomorrow. You know, we, it's built by off-roaders for off-roaders. So we we're true to the true what we build. Absolutely. It seems like uh, with all this vacation time you guys are taking off-road, this app would would uh, never get updated, but somehow it does. <laughs> I don't know how it does. There there must be some people that work, huh? Now, I guess so. Now, if you guys go to uh, onxmaps.com, there's actually a section called Trail Guides. So they have a user-generated content uh, mapping community. So if there's trails in your area that you want to see added that aren't in there, that you can do a write-up, take photos, map it out, and submit it, there's a lot of uh, that type of stuff that gets added to Onyx, and that's a pretty cool deal. Plus, depending on what you contribute to the platform, there's uh, different levels of, I guess, what prizes and gifts and things that you can earn through points. Yeah, we we definitely give back to our trail guides and scope them out with swag and and obviously free apps and and things like that. And uh, sometimes I think sometimes Chris Cordes puts actually um, cash dollars down if we need to go. I know they're they're thinking about doing some of that for Baja. So um, go get paid you, to go map Baja, yeah. people. Oh my God, that's pretty rad. Dream come true. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. And if you're a member of the uh, Trail Guide program, there's also uh, discounts for the industry. So uh, Toyo, yeah. Midland Radios, Factor 55, OK Four Wheel Drive, Zargus Cases, Ram Mounts, um, Buckstop, Trail Ready, uh, Early Riser, Coffee Roasters, on and on. There's a, a whole bunch of people listed on the website. And then uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about pricing. So uh, you guys can do the, uh, the free trial. Um, it's a, what, a week of access, but it's $0 and you guys don't even ask for a credit card up front. So it's not some scammy thing where if you forget to cancel it, you've got the credit card and you start charging. Um, you you only request a credit card when somebody signs up for a premium or elite. Yep. So go give it a shot, give it a run for the weekend. I think, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Then we've got, uh, our 
$30 premium app, which has nationwide trails. And then the elite version is like we've talked about the private landowner information nationwide. Guys, yeah. it's it's $29.99 for a year for premium. It's a hundred bucks, $99.99 for elite. We yeah. used to say when we were doing the reads for Onyx on the uh in the intro to the show, we used to say it's a it, you know, twenty nine ninety nine a tank of gas or less than a tank of gas. I think both of yeah. them are less than a tank of gas both now. Are, yes. <laughs> you could buy I can't even fill up I was at that I've been driving the dually lately. I can't fill up for seventy five bucks. Um, I am three quarters of a tank. I'm driving a TRX, dude. Hundred and sixty five dollars to fill up oh right my now. Oh god. Jeez. In sixty-five dollars in and California, and this dually is getting like eight miles a gallon, dude. It's just says so the TRX. Oh my god, yeah, awful. So, where do you want everyone to go to uh, download the app and become a member? Yeah, you can go to uh, onyxoffroad.com for more information, or zip over to your favorite app store, whether it's the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, and, and grab it. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for uh, carving out more time with us uh, and being a, uh, a tri- triplet, triple header, triple three timer. What are we? What are we calling him? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess this is his third. Is this is your third time, right? I think so. That's right. Hot damn. All right. You know, uh, Billy Creech is at three, and he goes, "Hey, how do I? Uh, how do I get on one more time? Because we've been getting a lot of you know going in this explorer thing, right? He needs to create an off road app. That's <laughs> what he, Billy Creech. <laughs> well, he asked like, when, when am, you know when are you can have me back on so I can be number one. I'm like, dude, I think the person who's been on the most is like six times. Is, oh, it, wow. is it Jordan? It is Jordan. It's, it's got to be Jordan, Jordan from right? Daytona Truck Meet. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he probably uh, earns the uh, the title. He at does least, at least right now. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Ted. Ted appreciate we, it. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, yeah. again, we we love the app and we appreciate the uh, support of the Truck Show podcast. And we'll uh, catch up with you soon. You are doing the Lord's work, my friend. Well, thanks so much. Will I see you guys at the Mint Four Hundred? Uh, I don't know if I'll be at the Mint. Uh, my my schedule for the next uh, month is crazy. I found out that I'm traveling uh, like 21 of the 30 days in November. So, so it's going to make it super convenient to record this podcast. Right. So I don't know. You guys may not get any podcast for a while. We'll do a SEMA rush, and then we'll just go quiet. That's going to no, <laughs> silent gonna into like, the night. It's going to sound like this. Hey, it's lighting from the Chuck Show podcast. Hello. It's yeah, but, but how are you going to book guests? I'll just have to call my friends. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what's up? Maybe Ted will come back yeah, and for number four. For number four. <laughs> there we go. For the Magic Quattro. That's right. right. All right, Ted. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. See ya. Later. All right, whole shot. It is hammer time. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. Timing was nice on that one. Thank you. Yeah. Good. All right. So um, this is a long show. It's a, it's so, a, it's a long enough. show. It's a good show. We're just going to blast through. We got a few good emails. I just didn't want to leave you guys hanging because we love uh, engaging with you. We got we got a lot to get to. We got uh, jobs to get to and stuff to knock out before we hit SEMA next year, uh, next week, I should say. Oh, my God. God I wish we had a year. Yeah, no, no. God, that would be amazing. Uh, if somebody uh, said SEMA was off and then you have, oh, wait, that's oh, wait, this year. Yeah. This you, was our year. Dude, I have been, do you know, I've worked every single day for a month. Uh, I have, I'm pretty close to you on yep. that. Yeah, I think we're we're right there. It's 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 bonkers. You know, what we give when we're uh, done giving. We give some more. Yeah, we give some more. So and we give some more after that. This is Holman reading your email. Uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail dot com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail dot com. All right, we got this one from Greg Madden entitled "Milk Bones and DRLs." Holman and Lightning, milk bones. Yes, I have tried them before, and I will never try them again. I don't understand why a dog would want to eat them, but then again, I'm not a dog. 
My oh, this is, you'll enjoy this. Uh-huh. So my wife last night she 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 texts me and she goes, I think Kingston, which is our uh, our largest oldest golden doodle, and he's just acted lethargic. And she's like, I think he's on his last leg. I'm gonna stay up with him tonight. And I just because he's getting old, he's 14, right? That is and, old. Yeah. And so I get home. Good long dog she's, life. She's got him wrapped up in a blanket. She's she's patting him. And she's like, he's just so lethargic. He's not doing anything. And I walk in. I go into the cupboard. Now, this is midnight, by the way. It's like 12.15. I go up there. I open the, the cupboard, and I get out some some really good chips that we have for chips and salsa. Yeah. And, I, and the first bite, I bite into a chip. He perks up. I walk over there. As I walk to him, he jumps out from under the thing, and he's right there, and he's wagging his tail. She's like, Oh, I guess he's fine. She goes to bed. All the, she has spent wow. all night thinking he was on his death's well, door. Now you know, chip test. And all he hears like, oh, as soon as he gets people food, yeah. he's, he's, oh, he's the best dog ever. Well, uh, Greg continues, DRLs. This week I drove a rental Toyota Highlander, not a truck, and I could not believe how bright the DRLs were at night. They were as bright as my headlights on my 97 Ram. I bet they're brighter. And as I was driving out of the dark rental car garage, a warning on the dash came on and said, turn on headlights. So if you've ever seen anyone driving a new Highlander at night without the headlights on, they're just plain stupid. I see people driving around all the time without headlights, and I think it's one of two reasons. The dash lights are on, and they associate that with the headlights being on, or they are just too stupid to notice the road is dark. Love the show. Finnegan's, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Y'all are great. Make uh, my long drives bearable, and uh, remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. And uh, five stars times a trillion. Congratulations, you have earned five stars. That's from uh, Greg Madden, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Thank you, Greg. Next one here, a giant leap for e-trucks from Travis uh, Totorig. Totorig? Totorig. I'm not not reading it. I'm I'm butchering it. No, it's it's Tortorig. Tortorig. It might be Tortorig or it might be Tortoridge. But there's no Tortorig. D. No, no. It Tortorig? Be. Yeah, Tortorig. Right. Yeah. Hello, and thank you again for all oh, you- Oh, is it, is it Tortorig? It might be. Tortorig. Hello, and thank you for all you do. <laughs> Tortorig. Hello, my name is Travis. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Travis, sorry for butchering your name. He says, I'd like to provide some feedback on the Rivian and E-Hummer reviews. Truly spectacular work, Sean P. Holman. Wow. Uh, he says, I noticed during the Rivian review that you expressed more excitement and seemed more impressed on that review than any other I'd ever heard you deliver. Then a few days later, you topped it once again with the e-hummer, where you sounded downright giddy with nearly speechless excitement. Believe me, it was palpable, and this listener was just as excited listening to it. Can we read between the lines here? You've reviewed everything with a gas engine for decades, and now these electric vehicles have arguably gotten you more excited than anything else. Do you think that once the general public gets behind the wheel of an electric vehicle, they would be just as surprised as you may have been, and thus we could see a tidal wave of demand? Is getting seat time behind the wheel what might be missing to win the majority over? Truly, honestly, legit five stars on those reviews and another five stars on the Reed Biglin review. Five star review! Five stars! Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I truly was excited. I, I That was all raw when I was in the Rivian and, and the Hummer. It was happening. I pulled it off the GoPro, like we said in the interview I, or, or the review. Mm-hmm. I really wanted uh, the footage to be raw because I wanted you to experience it with me. Um, the part that he didn't have on audio that was, it was a bummer, what you don't, you don't know about, was... No, that's not, that's not <laughs> true at all. Oh. Can you imagine if you wrecked a oh, it's happened. Oh, it's happened. Rivian or a brand new oh, yeah. uh, Hummer? Uh, journalists do it all the time. Oh, I haven't. God. Knock on fake wood right so here on the desk. Up. No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that noise before. I've oh. been rear-ended while in a vehicle. Uh, Gonderman and I were with uh, Brent Hagen from Nissan in Watch the out. back of a new. 
Frontier. No, Back of New Titan in Tennessee. I don't know what this one is. And some old man rear, uh, rear-ended us at a stoplight. What? And it, Oh, and I got uh, I got T-boned in a, a Titan not too long ago coming back from the airport or heading to the Nashville airport. That's between you and your wife. Um, no, T-boned. <laughs> oh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, neither were my fault, uh, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I've heard that noise. It sucks. Yeah, so going back to Travis's thing, yeah, I mean, I don't know that electric's for everybody. Not until you can get uh, fast charging under, let's say, 20 minutes in a range of, uh, realistically, if you can do a range over 300 miles and charge under 20 minutes, you might have something. Driving them is just such a different experience. There's a lot of weird and cool stuff you can do with them. I still love my internal combustion engines. I'm not running out to, to go get anything electric, although... Some of the PF stuff right now is pretty cool. The 4xE Wrangler is really you can't impressive. can't use acronyms like PF just yet. PF. Uh, that is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. So I don't know I don't know where I stand. I need okay. more time. Well, like, let, me, let me ask you this. You're driving a TRX right now. You've yeah. got a long-termer right yeah. from Ram. Okay. Yeah. And you've experienced, I've been with you. We've we've done the, uh, what's a zero to 60? Um, In that truck, I've done 4.2. No, but the launch, what's it called? Um, launch control? Launch control, thank you. You've done launch control, you've felt all the Gs, yeah. and then you've also done the same in the EVs, mm-hmm. right? And the EVs are technically faster mm-hmm. and, and have, but you've experienced sensory deprivation with like the right. Rivian, yeah. but you had sensory almost overload in the Hummer. So those three trucks line side by side. Yeah. Someone says you can. You've got your pick. You can have mm-hmm. either of the three: the Rivian, the Hummer, or the TRX. They're all similar in nature in that they're great at off road yep. and they give you a thrill. That's fair. Which one do you choose? TRX. You do it's without v- any it, without any flinch. It's visceral. The range isn't. The range is actually longer on the TRX, even with crappy fuel economy on it. Right. Uh, it's got a big tank, so the range is going to be better, and I can do everything I want to do with the TRX. I don't know enough about the other trucks. The Rivian is truly exceptionally built and and engineered. The Hummer is coming from a major established manufacturer with some really interesting ideas of how things should work. And some neat sound effects. And some neat sound effects. I don't know if that's gimmicky yet. I don't think it is. I think it works on that. The TRX is actually all three of them are right in the same price range. They're all well. That's in why I brought them up. Eighty because, and one hundred and ten. I mean, you're right there. Whether do yeah. you want to have one foot in the future? Yeah. No. Okay. Because the future is going to come whether I like it or not. I'm going to enjoy the golden age of uh, owning internal combustion gas vehicle. And I'm kind of thinking the same way. You know, like where if I ever do buy a truck, I think it is going to be an IC. It's going to be an internal combustion engine. I know I put, yeah. we talk about me putting down, legitimately I put down $100 on a on a Tesla Cybertruck, but I think that it's going to come whether we like it or not. It is going to be electric, right? In, in 20 years, we are going to be driving electrics and we're going to have destroyed the world by digging up all the lithium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and we'll have, you'll just, it'll look like, a, a, the, the, the Earth's crust will look it'll like, look like the kid. moon. No, it'll look like a kid with really bad acne. You know <laughs> okay. what I'm saying? Just pockmarked. <laughs> That's and, uh, exactly right. Yep. I hope not. All right, uh, episode 196 from Horsepower Killer. Uh-huh. Oh, says, he writes a lot. He says- uh, He's got a Duramax, I think. Dear Swole Man and Lightbulb. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just wanted to stop in again and say- I By love the way, stop, 10 points every time he writes this. No, he, write, he calls us something new uh, every, every time. time. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to stop in again and say I love the episode 196. Well, I love all episodes. Great job. I love how you guys always put out a laugh, and it's nice to crack a laugh every episode when you guys have uh, big companies like the CEOs. Love you guys, although I like Holman a bit more. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Nope. Lightning's better. <laughs> Just ask him. <laughs> yep. Hey, I uh, got Ryan uh, Reitz here, uh, Ram 1500 Eco Diesel. Good morning, Lightning Rod and Holminator. 
like that. Ten points. Uh, big fan here. Started listening about a year ago, and I have not stopped yet. I'm a diehard Ram fan. Currently drive a 2015-1500 with the 5.7-liter Hemi, but it's about time to upgrade. Absolutely love my current truck, but as someone who does a lot of long-distance driving, a little bit of towing, and diehard diesel guy, I've been thinking about upgrading to the Ram 1500 EcoDiesel. I've owned almost every generation of the Ram pickup, including a 1998 12-valve Cummins, not Cummings, and wanted your take on the EcoDiesel. There's not a whole lot of love or hate out there for this engine, but since you have a pretty tight friendship with Mike Caval, it'd be cool to hear what you guys think. Thanks for uh, having the best podcast out there and keep playing those annoying jingles for all the haters. Sincerely, Ryan, and he uh, says, five-star review. Five-star review! Five star. Uh, EcoDiesel. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's all the second gen is what you want. They had a few issues with bearings and stuff early on. Uh, I think from the oil that they recommended, they wanted to go zero weight for efficiency or something. And, and I have personally five seen better. a few with uh, fueling issues, whether it's uh, low side or high pressure. Uh, both, but overall. I enjoy driving it. It's yeah. got a ton of turbo lag compared to yeah. its, it's a lot, brother. It's a lot better in, in a uh, JL Wrangler or a Gladiator because it's lighter. You don't feel the turbo lag. I will say the second gen turbo lag isn't as bad as the first gen, but it's a hell of a nice cruising machine on the highway or towing. And if you do buy one and you don't like the turbo lag, I might have a solution. Yeah. We'll talk about we'll that talk, more in we'll, upcoming episodes. Yes, yes. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, but but the, the, the truck overall, this is lighting. I have spent time in our... 15 and i've had a couple um of our customers that have had 20s and i i i'm delighted i really do like it it's a little underpowered for my taste until you're fully in boost and then it's and it's got plenty of power but it's 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 not quite as nice as the six cylinder the straight six and the gms yeah that engine is like the the king you know king of the diesel half tons right now uh, I wouldn't even consider a F-150 diesel. That was an old engine, and Ford didn't even want to do it. If you notice, the power boost is there now, uh, the hybrid, because they couldn't get rid of that diesel It depends fast on what enough. you're going to do with it. You know, if, if you're going to tow, no, I don't recommend it. But if mainly what you're doing is city driving and, and you're going to the Home Depot and going up to the mountains air or whatever you're doing, air hauling. Well, you talk like about that. you don't recommend the diesel for towing? I'm saying the three liter for light duty towing. For I'm not pulling like a if it's over a twenty foot toy haul or something I'm not recommending the the, the three liter. No, I disagree with that. I'm I just think not. It's just not. I've I've driven it. Like, look, I'm the guy that makes tuners for it, right? No, I don't. No, I, but I we, get we, it. But you're I, you're it, also jaded because you're the guy who makes tuners for it. I think maybe. it's fine. I think if you have a seventy five hundred pound or less trailer, you're fine. If you're around the ten thousand pound, I, I I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, but that engine does like to get hot on the highway and blow out the particulate. If you do a lot of city short trips, you'll plug it up and you get warnings on it and stuff like that. But overall, a good engine. There's nothing to say yes, go do it, or no, don't do it. It's sort of a preference thing, and I think if you got it, you'd really enjoy the truck. I think the the, the truck overall, though, as far as the, the actual body and the interior, Holman and I both both love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, last email here from uh, Nathan Hendrickson. He says, uh, Milk Phone and the Funny Dadass Song. He says, uh, no, I've never, ever ever even thought about trying a milk bone to see what it tastes like. <laughs> he says, mm-hmm. the funny dad song is pure gold. It's awesome. I think it needs to be on iTunes so I can make a ringtone. And Lightning Sun can make some money off his awesome creation. The kid's got talent. Take care. And that's uh, from our friend Nathan Hendrickson. And uh, that about wraps up episode 197. All right, here we are. All right, uh, you and I are going to be driving out to Vegas here shortly. And uh, whew, hope to see you there. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. 21 234. Central Hall. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh.
He's Lightning. I'm Holman. You follow us on social at LBC Lightning, at Sean P. Holman. We are the at Shra. At Shra. Shra. At Truck Show Podcast. Just roll right through it. Uh, Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, uh, we love hearing from you. We want to hear your beautiful voices. 657 205 6105 is the five star hotline. And uh, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so um, I think what we need to do is one more time reiterate that it is the first time that you can... SEMA doesn't pay us to do this. I just think it's really cool because I've been going to SEMA as is Holman uh, for... This is tw- this should have been 21, but I think it's 20. So for me, I, I think I'm in like 17 years or something like that for a long time. I went as media forever, and I, I do recommend it if you can get out to Vegas. It's really, really cool. So come out. Like Holman said, we're, we've got a little booth that Banks was very kind to donate to us. Gail's like, here, take our booth. And, uh, and we're running with it. So it's a 21234 in the Banks booth. Come on by and say hi, and we're going to be doing some uh, some podcasting from there with a bunch of really, really great guests. And we're going to throw out, we're going to try and do an episode a week at uh, at SEMA. So here's the deal. No, Nor- no, an episode a day. I'm sorry, episode a day at SEMA. So here's, here's the deal. Normally our episodes will hit on Monday, like this one has and every other past one. Don't be alarmed if we don't put out an episode on Monday. We're planning on uh, episode Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and hopefully Friday, maybe or well, we can m- something m- like that. Monday's a travel day. I yeah. got to set up the booth. So and you're you've yeah. got interviews. So, stuff, so, so next week's podcast will be a day late, but it's going to start doing our, our SEMA bonus coverage. So hopefully, uh, you guys uh, yeah don't bitch and moan. You're getting a bunch of bonus content. <laughs> yeah, we're, homies. I, we we hope it's good. We think it's good. It's going to be great. Uh, all right, before we uh, end the show, gotta thank Nissan. Thank you very much for uh, supporting the Truck Show podcast as our presenting sponsor. If you're in the market for a brand new truck, head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you can find the awesome and hot new midsize Frontier. And of course, the half ton and half ton plus Nissan Titan and Nissan Titan XD. The Titans have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And uh, the Frontier Lightning and I both love that truck. Great looks, maneuverable, the right size, 310 horsepower, nine-speed automatic transmission, it drives great. It's quiet. Uh, it's got you know a great what? sound system. I think that Nissan deserves a high five. Can we do a, a, an honorary high five for Nissan? Uh, absolutely. Okay. One, two, three. High, high five. five. Nice. Well, All right. And of course, uh, if you have a dying and decrepit truck somewhere up on blocks of your lawn and you need uh, you need parts, you should head down down to now. Wait, uh, if it's on the lawn, is it just too far gone? No. Oh, okay. It just doesn't have wheels on it because some kids stole them <laughs> well, a while the, ago. But Duralas doesn't sell wheels. It's the one thing Dude, that your neighbor sell. is using the wheels as a hose bib next door. So you're, well, that's you're weird get it because back. the neighbor on the other side is using it as a uh, as a as a coffee table. No, he's using his headlights to uh, like light up the front of his house at night. Okay, it's <laughs> a weird other, weird use of truck parts. Yeah, it's a it's a real yellowish kind of light. It, it works in the neighborhood. Oh, amber. Anyway, get that thing back on the road. Get it off the blocks and get it off your lawn. Head on down to uh, your local AutoZone, or you can go to DuralasParts.com where you can find a huge selection of quality parts backed by a great warranty. These parts are made by the same companies in a lot of cases that make your OE parts. So uh, quality is not an issue. And your last parts are designed to meet or exceed the OE standard no matter what you need. You're just a uh, phone call away from your local AutoZone or DuraLastParts.com. All right, Holman, uh, take us out of this final show before we head to SEMA. <laughs> Thank you. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. You're still here? It's over. Go home.